Hey, you guys, thank you so much for tuning into today's episode with my dear friend, Sean Snow and his daughter, Stephanie. I'm wicked excited to share them with you. And just a heads up, this is a little bit longer interview than I normally do, but there's some real golden nuggets in this sucker. If you're willing to go for the ride and listen to the stories and pay attention, you're gonna pick up some cool things. One of the reasons why I really wanted to talk to Sean and of course, uh, Steph, uh, but specifically Sean is because I've known him for a wicked long time. He's one of the first people that I met when I moved to New Hampshire uh, from Los Angeles, when I came back to the East Coast. And from the very first day that I met him, Sean has been somebody who has inspired me and who has in his own unique way helped me to become a better person. Sean is um, a force to be reckoned with in terms of um, who he is, how he challenges himself, and how he shows up every day, hoping to be uh, an inspiration and an example for what's possible. He has done over 70 half triathlons. So when we're thinking about Ironman triathlons, um, he's done over 70 of those. He's done 35 like full triathlons, and he has been to the world championships in Kona, Hawaii, uh, Ironman championships five times. He has an attitude like no other. He is uh, determined and dedicated to um, his sport and also what I would call a daily spiritual practice. Uh, you'll learn more about all this when you dive in. But I just wanted to kind of put it into context. Whenever I have a guest on the show, it's because it's somebody who either I love, who inspires me, who I'm curious about or want to get to know more, or I think are doing wicked cool stuff in the world that I want other people to know about. So I hope you enjoy this conversation with my friend S2. Uh, that's what I call him. He's Sean Snow, SSS2. And he calls me K2 because I'm Karen Kenny, KK. <laughs> Two Ks there, right? So I hope you enjoy this conversation between S2, myself, and his daughter, Steph, who is following in his footsteps. It's a pretty fun um, conversation, and there are definitely some moments that really touch my heart, and I hope that they um, touch your heart, too. Enjoy. Kenny Show. This is the place where we take a no bullshit look at life's little lessons. Here, together, we find the spiritual glory in even the most wicked hard story. This is a journey from fear back to love and how we can find our greatest strength and happiness in some of the most unlikely places. I believe that if you're willing to change your mind, you can totally change your life. So are you ready to rewrite your story and choose to live free? Let's do this. Hey, you guys, welcome to the Karen Kenny Show. I'm wicked excited about today's 
episode and today's guest. Oh, and here's our special guest, Kona. Kona just jumps right in there. He's not shy at all. And we'll be talking about we'll be talking about him too because his name actually holds a little significant part of this conversation today. Um, and so, you guys, I'll give you the story uh, of how my guests, like the, my two guests today, Sean Snow. Stephanie Snow. You might hear me refer to uh, Sean as S2. I almost never call him Sean. <laughs> I call him S2. He, you know, SS, Sean Snow, Karen Kenny, he calls me K2. So you might hear some nicknames being thrown around. I'll probably return instead of saying Stephanie Snow, I'll probably say Steph or whatever. <clears throat> but these are my, these are my friends. I love them. I'll tell you the whole story of how we met. But just so we can kind of get the listeners acclimated and because this also goes out on YouTube and people might be able to see you right now. Just tell me a little bit about yourself. So like, Steph, I know you're an occupational therapist. Like that's a new um, thing you're diving into. S2, you've worked at Toyota for a really long time. But in your own words, just take a few minutes. Just tell us a little bit about you. And then we'll kind of dive into why I wanted to have you on the show today and then all the questions I have for you. Wanna go? You go. Me to go first. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right. So, <laughs> so yes, I uh, just transitioned into the role from a student to a OT. I'm uh, working at Concord Hospital now. Um, I actually fortunately work with my mom, so I'm so excited I get to see her all the time. Yeah. Um, I, I on my free time, I'm running, swimming, biking, hiking. <laughs> I love to be active. That's who I am of my nature. And um, I, I have a cat who I really love yeah. and my girlfriend. So we share him and I just, I just love to chill. Yeah. Yeah. You can tell like, is the, the audience listens to you guys. What's so funny about having you side by side, they're going to be like, wow, like father, like daughter. Cause you guys both have this delivery of energy and the way that you talk and it's like, you're like chill. And I'm like, yeah, I totally get that. Um, <laughs> and Steph, I've watched you growing up since you were like a little kid. So it's like this incredible kind of thing to, to be in one place as, as long as I have, like when I moved from Los Angeles to New Hampshire, um, you know, way of Massachusetts, LA, New Hampshire, and being in one place for as long as I have and really getting to see like my friend's kids grow up. It's like really cool. All right. So S2, introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about yourself and then I'll, I'll get to my, my specific, specific stories and questions and why I wanted to have you on the show. Um, yeah, my name is Sean, uh, Sean Snow. And um, geez, uh, I work at Groponi Toyota. I've been there since uh, 1985. Uh, did a little bit of uh, coaching for about five years, coach triathletes and runners. Uh, but for the most part, I've, I've been at uh, Toyota uh, for a better part of, of, of those years. Um, I like to do, I like to swim, bike, run, uh, climb mountains. <laughs> Come on. Apple, Apple, does, Apple doesn't fall far from the tree, you too. Yeah, you know, I mean, um, yeah, you know, and, uh, and you know, enjoy racing. Uh, enjoy pushing myself. Um, yeah. Uh, my big focus, you know, the recent, I'd say past 20 or so years has been triathlon. Prior to that was mountain bike racing. And then, you know, way before that was, uh, you know, team sports, hockey and baseball. So, yeah. Uh, so like, you're like one of what I would consider. It's so interesting though. Um, because I, 
I've never actually, well, it's not true. When I first moved from LA, I did live in Concord for like a few months, like on North State Street. People always think that I am from Concord, know all about Concord, but you're what I would call one of Concord's like native sons. Like you're like one of the fucking mayors. Like everybody <laughs> knows you. I'm like, you can't go anywhere without somebody. Like I think about like all the times you guys were at Bagel, Bagel Works, you know? There became there came a time like after my TV show because I had that TV show the yoga show with Karen for like 13 years and I kind of felt like man everywhere I go people would even if they didn't know how they knew me they would like look at me right and there was a point where I was like some days I'm just being transparent I would just like put my earbuds in <laughs> and be like because I but there there must be you know you can't go anywhere and conquer without somebody knowing you true or false hundred percent for him. <laughs> <laughs> grocery stores growing up it was like you can't walk out without seeing one person <laughs> oh my it, uh, yeah and it, you know it's fine we talk about this uh we actually talk about it quite a bit you know like um you know in 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 you know i could go to go could go to the grocery store or you know just go downtown and it's not like i i hang out with a lot of friends but over the course of, you know, what I do over the course of, of like a Saturday, I'll run into 15 friends, you know, <laughs> and end up talking for, you know, so it doesn't appear that I have these, you know, these friends that I hang out with for hours and hours. But the reality is every, each day I go out, I end up, you know, talking with people and just, mm -hmm. I guess that's, that's, you know, and, and I've, you know, it's just years and years of, um, you know, I guess living in the same area and seeing the, you know, um, you know, the changes and sports and just so many great memories of the Concord area. And it's, you know, it's expanded quite a bit and, you know, working at Toyota, you know, and the, the customers that I've had there for over the years, you know, with you, with yeah. your you know, right. and, um, oh, we'll talk yeah. about the forerunner. Yeah. But and here's the thing. You also worked at friendlies, didn't you, when you were a kid? Like, so you went. Yeah. 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 And that was, yeah, that was, you know, I worked there for a, a few years and, you know, developed a, a lot of relationships there and, you know, um, customers and friends and yeah, you know, so there's a lot of community. I mean, like people, everybody knows you at the Y, everybody knows the YMCA, everybody knows you like at, you know, Graponi, everybody knew you because your mother, didn't your mother also work at Friendly's or something like that? So yeah, Friendly's, but before that she was, uh, you know, at, at um, French's and Pitchfork. Uh, oh, yeah, Pitchfork Records, right? Yeah. So, I mean, it was, um, you know, it was, you know, she had, she held the same, she was the same as, as me, if you would, you know, in terms of, um, like everybody knew, you your know, mother. just, uh, very social, you yeah. know, and, um, yeah, you know, yeah. So we're going to, okay. So thank you. So that you guys, that's how I actually initially met Sean. And I'm going to tell you why, why I wanted to have him on the show um, vicariously through the story of how we met. So, um, you know, I had a forerunner that I got in Los Angeles. It was my first ever like new car. I loved this thing. And so when I moved, I'd only had it for like a year or two when I left LA, moved to Concord. And I was like, I need to find, like, I'm kind of like one of those people. I just won't go to some rando like mechanic. I'm like, I'm going to take it to Toyota. I want Toyota service, Toyota wipers, Toyota tie. Like, I just want the Toyota everything. And fun fact, I've only ever owned Toyotas. I'm on my fourth Toyota right now. Um, but my forerunner was like, oh my God, like my baby. I, I just was 
just, I loved it. So when I come into the dealership, I, I, you know, find out like where the local Toyota thing and I walk in, I'll never forget walking in. Now this was back when you guys had your own little offices. They weren't yeah. even cubicles. Like you had your own little space. Office. Yeah. 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 And I'll never forget walking in there, 1998, probably around September-ish. And I go in and you are my guy. You're my service, my customer service representative or whatever they would call you, my advice. I think back then you were like advisors or something. And I go in and I, I look around your office. Now, this is me just coming from California, um, doing deep spiritual work. Uh, all about mind training and, you know, you know, mindset and spirituality and positivity and, you know, changing my story and what I'm capable, like all this stuff, right? Doing all this healing work. And I walk into your space and I look and I just see like medals and pictures and positive quotations. And like, it was just like, it was like, and I'm, I'm not even saying you follow or even know who Tony Robbins is, but that's what it felt like. Like I walk in and it's just like, positivity and like all these pictures and i'm like literally i was like so where we grew up as kids i always talk about being from lawrence mass we could say this negatively or positively but when we would find somebody who we were either when i say attracted i don't mean sexually but that could have been like back when we were kids but when you get attracted to somebody or repelled by somebody like you walk into a room and you see them and we would say What's their fucking story? Like, what's this person's story, right? What's this all about? So when I walked in, I was like, what's this all about? Like, who is this guy, right? So immediately, we just started talking. Now, refresh my memory. We hit it off right away. At least that's my memory. It's like we got along yeah. right off the bat, correct? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, yeah. Was, yeah. So yeah. do you want to say anything about it? <laughs> No, I just remember, you know, we just, uh, you know, I think that you asked something about, you know, I don't know, one of the medals or something. And then, you know, you asked what I did. And, you know, I think I told, you know, whatever it was, and you were, you were just like, you do that? Right. You know, and then, you know, and then, I don't know, I mean, you know who knows, but it, at that point, maybe that, you know, the yoga you were you were into yoga you were, right wasn't that when I you hadn't were... I wasn't a teacher yet but I was a practitioner of yoga okay and I just remember walking in and you saying oh this is for a triathlon and I said well well tell me about that and then you explained to me well there's like a half there's like a half and then there's like a full one there's an iron man because it was an iron man thing or something and you start breaking it down for me and i'm like wait 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 and i was like i know what a marathon is 26.2 miles what you're now telling me is that you choose to swim like 2.4 miles correct my numbers if i get them wrong like 2.4 miles then you get on a bike and you bicycle a how many hundred how hundred what well, yeah, 112. 112. And yeah. then, and then <laughs> you decide to run a marathon after that. And I just remember thinking, like, I do this thing sometimes when I'm like, like I'm doing it right now. Like when my mom, like, I don't even know what to say. I just start laughing because it's so ridiculous to me and not in a negative way. I'm just like, wait, what? Like, and then I'm like, wait, you voluntarily do this. Like you right. sign up to do this. Like you enjoy doing this. And you're like, Oh yeah. Like I saw it in your eyes. This is exactly how the conversation went, you know, and your head is going, 
you're you're crazy you know because you are looking yeah because i can you know at that point we're just meeting but you know and then you know you're looking at me like this guy is really imbalanced you know and you need and you're, you're thinking i i'm working on my yoga and my spiritual my balance and man i got a classic <laughs> example of this guy is like this guy is like over the top and balanced and that's how it, it all started you know yeah. like it's so funny. It was so true. And Seb, I, I definitely want to hear your point of view on this because you also now do these insane things. And but wasn't there a point in time and I'm coming back to that moment, Sean, but wasn't there a point in time? Um, I remember you as an onlooker. I know that there was this one fantastic race when you were little. Uh, was that a world, Sean, when she ran across back then you could take a, a family member across the finish line with you how old were you at that point i was 10. okay so when you're watching your dad growing up and you're an only child right mm -hmm. yeah so you're watching your dad do all this stuff and i know your mom you know she's active she hikes some you know she she goes through i'm not i have no idea where your mom is at right now but i've seen her go through phases where like she ran a half and she would like train and she she moved her body a lot too but there wasn't, wasn't there a point I remember you saying, and if I'm making this up, forgive me, where you were like, I don't know about all of this training, running, competing. Was, was it one point where you were like on the other side of the fence? And if so, then what happened where now you find yourself doing the same insane shit that your father does? <laughs> <laughs> I think like I, you're hundred percent right. Cause I was not, I, I was. I was inspired by him, but I also was young. So it wasn't like, I don't think I fully grasped it. I was like, imagine, I remember watching in Hawaii and we were like, our hotel was like a mile, more than a mile down the road. And they swam. We saw the buoys at that time, like <laughs> along the coast and you could see the buoy. And I'm like, they swim all the way this way. <laughs> I don't want to ever do this. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so I don't know what clicked it. I think over time being in sports um, and then knowing what's beyond sports after they end, um, I knew I could do different leagues and stuff, but I think once I kind of in between when I started cross country, that really kind of helped with running, but yeah. I was doing triathlons before that too. So I think there was just an in-between stage where I was like, learning like okay if I keep doing better like it's my results are getting better oh that's cool and then it just kind of it, it was just like I don't know domino effect as it all rolled down but I don't know I'm at the point where I'm doing them now I guess yeah and I mean I, and I want to kind of talk about the psychology of that because you're exactly right as to like you're describing all this stuff right and I'm listening and I'm thinking okay, wait a minute. Like you're saying, like I'm perceiving as I'm like, this is like a little imbalance because let's break it down to the reality to be able to do that and do it well, because neither of you just, not that you don't have fun when you're out there, but you too, again, you can always correct me, but you seem a little competitive. Like you two are competitive athletes, right? So when you race, you're not just like, oh, I'm doing a trip. Like you're racing, you're racing to do well. You're racing to win, right? I mean, 
correct nod your heads right yes no yes okay. yeah, so, yeah, yeah. No, so yeah. i mean you're going out there in this very driven way to like do this thing and in order to show up prepared the level and this goes to the thing where i was just like in the beginning like wow this is like how is this possible like what does your day-to-day -day life look like because it's almost like having a second full-time job that's how it always seemed to me like i was like okay so you're doing your 40 hours at your job right at the time when i first met you toyota yeah and then like you said then there was a that five-year window when you were doing s2 coaching and you were training all the like area like triathletes I think actually you spurned a little movement because I saw like a few people start to pop up after you, but in my memory, like I, I, and I could be wrong and you can correct me. I kind of remember you being like the original one to do that. But um, just talk about that though. Like the hours, the hours that it takes to prepare yourself physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, I would say to do that with your body, with your time, with your energy. I mean, how many hours at that point a week were you training? Uh, I mean, I would say at that, at that time, uh, I mean, <clears throat> uh, anywhere from 15 to, you know, depending on, you know, what I had for, you know, a time off, et cetera. I mean, 15 to we'll call it almost 30 hours. Yeah. So I mean, some of the some of the you know the big bike weekends or big bug big bike weeks. I mean, back then I had a, a rotating schedule, so I worked long days. So I'd you know every every third week I'd get five days off. So you know those five days were pretty much you know big training block days. And um, yeah, no, it was like having it was definitely like having a second job, you know, but. Um, you know, I think back then, and, you know, I think that uh, Steph can probably, you know, I guess now that she's, now that she's working full time and, um, you know, you can ask her about this you know, after I'm done, but I feel for me um, having that, uh, you know, the reason I keep going back to, to doing it is, uh, and, and going back to the big long races, um, you know, I, because quite honestly, I mean, um, I wouldn't say it's, it'd be easy for me, but I, I, you know, I, I could say, you know, to myself, you know, okay, let's just kick it down a notch and, uh, you know, do the shorter races for a while and just kind of regroup a little bit. Cause I mean, obviously I'm not getting any younger, but I feel like it gives me the structure, uh, to, um, to, uh, for my day, you know, and not only, and I think back to back then, uh, as well, um, that it, it gave me structure, not only athletically, physically, mentally, spiritually, but, you know, for the, my work, for my job, mm -hmm. I feel like I felt like I perform better, um, mm -hmm. at work. Uh, I perform better in overall in life, you know? And, uh, I mean, it sounds like it's, you know, it, it sounds crazy, but I, <laughs> I felt like having that goal, having those big goals, uh, and because of the fact that I had the big goals, um, forced me, if you would, to, uh, to do it and to, uh, you know, and to put the time in, uh, and, you know, be competitive and, um, it, uh, yeah, there is, you know, I, even early on, I, I think I fought, 
um, you know, the perception of, I wouldn't say, you know, I guess, I, I guess others, you know, thinking that it is an imbalance uh, in that, in an obsession, um, yeah. you know, to, to be blunt, you know, an obsession, you know, you're obsessed with doing it. Yes. And reality, and, and you know, I, I, countless times, you know, in, in conversations I've had, you know, with, with people before that have said, you know, you, you're obsessed. And, but the reality is that it's not, it's not that I'm obsessed with, with doing it, you know, I, because quite honestly, there's, uh, I mean, I, there's been times that I could very easily have said, you know, I'm good with this, you know, I, I, I really am, but uh, I'm obsessed with being my best. And mm-hmm. I feel like that was my way of uh, being my best. And yeah. uh, early on, you know, when I decided to get into the whole, the whole fitness thing, when, when Pam got, was uh, pregnant with Steph, that's when I decided, okay, I need to get, you know, physically fit again after some years of taking off from team sports. Yeah. And that just kind of, it, it metamorphosed, metamorphosed into what, uh, you know, what it became with triathlons and, you know, I discovered the Ironman stuff and um, it just was a, it's, it was, and it continues to be, um, you know, how I'm able to structure my, my life, my day, my weeks, yeah. years, you know? I, um, yeah. I want to talk about that. Um, so, cause you and Pam have been married for over like 35, how many years now? 32? Well, this will be 33. This Not be to 30. put you on the spot, <laughs> but yeah. 89, 89, so 33, this will be 33 years. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so for a wicked long time. And, and, and Steph, I want to hear from you about this too in a second, but I want to put it into context for people who are listening right now. So I'm sure pretty much everybody who's listening understands what like a triathlon is, right? There's a, you start the race with, 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 as we said, with a swim, with a bike, and then with a run. And there's varying degrees. Like there's a half marathon. I mean, there's a half triathlon, which is like what? 70 point, what is 70.6? And then you have the 140.6, right? And what that, I mean, and so, but an average person, this is why when I want to put into things like when people use those words like, oh, imbalance or obsessed or whatever, the reality of it is, let's just take somebody who isn't a professional triathlete, but somebody like uh, who is in the sport. How long does it take an average, like average person to finish a race like that? How many hours? Like just let's put it into context. A uh, uh, a uh, full, a full triathlon, right? A world Ironman or a world, like how, how long? I'd say, the, I'd say the average would probably be, I'd Bless say 14 you. and a half, 14 okay. and a half. 14 and a half what? What's that word? Hours, hours. <laughs> okay, yeah. Yeah. okay. Yeah. this is what I'm saying. So your yeah. body is pretty much in motion for yes. like 14 and a half hours. And this isn't, a walking, although sometimes it is, right? If you pull a hammy or something happens, we're talking 14 and a half hours <laughs> of nonstop physical swimming. And it's not like you can just take a break when you're swimming. I mean, they got the guys out in the boats to save your ass if you need to. But this is what I'm saying, right? For a lot of people, that is incomprehensible. Like it takes a certain kind of person to wake up in the morning and go, yeah, I think that's a good idea. 
Like, I think that's what I want to do. I think that's how I want to spend my time. Right. And it's no judgment. Of course. I, I mean, we became friends because I was fascinated by it. Like it wasn't, it wasn't a judgment me going, this is about, this is me. My brain was like, how does this work? Like, how does this happen? I've always been fascinated by people who can do things that I can't do. And it's not that I can't do it, but I'm not called. Like that wasn't my calling, right? I had been an athlete my whole life. I still run, I still work out, I'm still active, but um, became a yoga teacher. I used my body my whole life, but not once have I thought, I wonder if I do like a triathlon. Like that sounds like a good idea. So Mm -hmm. I'm fascinated that you got whatever the, impulse or inspiration both of you or the gene and for you Steph like I said like if if you had other siblings or you were pursuing something else like maybe like let's say you would stuff with hockey right or whatever like one of your other sports so maybe just vicariously through seeing your dad and literally growing up with it and being the, the one kid who was like at the races and hearing the cheering and seeing your dad get better and the way that that inspired you. Like, I just think it's fascinating. So maybe you can be born with the gene. (laughs) Maybe you can get inspired to do it, but that's not, we can admit it's not a normal thing to be like, oh, I wanna spend my life training all this time. I do think it takes um, a particularly like, um, I don't know, exceptional way of being. And why it's important and how I want to kind of bring it back to the spiritual and the work that I do is that one of the things I've always told uh, my yoga students, my clients, people in my membership, The Nest, is this idea of having a daily spiritual practice. We call it a DSP. And it's like, I call it like starting and ending your day (laughs) with God or source of the divine or whatever people call it, right? And doing these things, as you said, to be our best self. You do that in a couple of different ways. But I thought what what was really powerful is you were saying, I was using these races, this sport, this energy, this time. And again, Steph, I want to hear your perspective on this, like what drives you. But you Mm -hmm. says it helps you to be the best version of yourself. It helps you to kind of know where you are in your week or your day or what I'm supposed to be doing. It keeps your mind right. It keeps your focus. It does all these things for you. And I know, and again, I always say to people, if it's too personal, you don't want to talk about it. We don't have to, but there was a period of time, like when you left Toyota, you started coaching others, which I can just say as a mentor, some people might call me a coach as well in the spiritual, in the spiritual realm that when you stop putting all your energy or pouring all your expertise and energy and time into other people, it can really like, it, it can take from you in a little ways. And you kind of, for lack of a better word, I'll just say, maybe lost your focus a little bit, right? Right. And then, and so I want to hear a little bit about this. And then you kind of made a recommitment on multiple levels, spiritually. Um, you started creating a morning ritual, So can we kind of, I know I threw a lot at you because we kind of talk about that, like how that morning routine, that morning ritual and how you kind of found your way back. And because the one thing I say about you 
is you do keep getting better and better, but so does Steph. <laughs> She's right on your tail, and we'll talk about that too. No, no, she passed my tail yeah. now, but that's <laughs> yeah. So yeah. you keep getting. I I said to you the last few years, I'm like, how the fuck are you getting faster? I'm like, dude, you're getting older, but you're getting better and stronger and faster, like Steve Austin astronaut man barely alive we can rebuild him bigger stronger faster remember that six million dollar man so can you talk a little bit about what i'm saying yeah 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 so so yes i'm but i'll I'll say i'll I'll, i'm going to step back in time just for a second and just um and just say you know you we talk about um about you know how it's the structure and what got me there and you know and 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 as I've gotten old, you know, as I've become older, I've realized, you know, I've always had this, uh, even as a kid, um, I've always had this, uh, I guess, obsession with, um, you know, with being, being, you know, picking a sport and being my, being the best that I could. And I was now, you know, I was, I was a small, I was not, um, a big kid, um, and you know playing baseball and hockey uh you know competitively right through you know like you know right through american legion um i was not you know gifted if you would with like size and so i had to work that extra um you know in playing height playing uh hockey right through high school you know 125 pounds you know just getting getting beat up by you know 190 pound guys um, you know, I had to learn, I had to uh, be obsessed with being the best that I could, uh, with that playing baseball, I pitched, um, you know, and I didn't throw the ball, you know, 80 miles an hour. It wasn't, wasn't fast, but you know, I, you, I would be the kid in my, uh, in the yard, you know, repetitiously pitching the ball against my, uh, against my barn for hours and hours and hours every day after school. Uh, same with hockey, you know, shots after shot, after shot, after shot, after shot, you know, and I feel like, and so that's always been something that I've, I guess I would say I've been gifted with because I have no problem with going out and shooting. I guess Michael Jordan, you know, has a, has this thing when, you know, he says you got to shoot, you know, a thousand or Kobe a thousand shots a day. I got no problem doing that. You tell me I got to do it. I'm going to do it. So wait, uh, let me let me interrupt there a little bit, and hopefully, and Steph, if we lose our way, bring us back on track. But um, so this this thing, you know, the brain learns the way that the brain learns. We always say uh, repetition is the mother of all learning. Yeah. But where most people struggle is they get bored. Yes. They'll yeah. do it like ten times, fifteen times, twenty minutes, whatever the the rep is, right? And yeah. then they're like, yeah, they, they, they don't have the capacity to stay with a thing. Right. Their yeah. mind, their mind travels. So it's interesting that you also just brought up Michael Jordan. Cause I, I want to, um, I'm going to come back. I'm not going to lose my way, but you, you do these daily posts, which we'll also talk about. And this is really interesting. Cause it says right here, cause you were just talking about being a small kid, right? So yeah just answer quickly. Were you bullied? Were you ever picked on because of your size or did they respect you because you were a hard worker and you were a good athlete? Did you have to earn that? I mean, but was there any kind of like, um, cause I want to get behind or underneath that drive 
Like, yeah. yeah, maybe you were born with it. Maybe there's something else there, but were you ever picked on or anything like that? Um, I wouldn't say, well, I mean, as, as a, as a kid, kid, I mean, real small. Yeah. I mean, you know, um, you know, at the bus stops or whatever, you know? Um, so yes. So, and, and I will tell you that uh, as a kid, you know, growing up in a trailer park and being that the little kid that was bullied. Okay. Now that I use that as fuel. See, as okay, even, we're gonna even even as a kid, yes. I still I would, I would use that as fuel. So they, you know, at that time, you know, uh, and, and I knew, you know, I, I knew even as a kid that, all right, you know, th this is the way it's going right now. But this is, you know, and I it, it went right here, you know. So and so not really like a lot as you know. So that kind of metamorphosed into you know playing sports and. Playing sports, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't say I got picked on, but you know, it would be, you know, it wouldn't be, you know, unusual to have somebody laugh at at how slow I would pitch, you know, or how small I was. But in the at the end, you know, I was well prepared going into it, and people were, you know, I I wouldn't say, um, you know, I wouldn't say I, people were shocked. You know, or they'd be, you know, I mean, playing high school hockey, 125 pounds, you know, um, I would, uh, yeah, I was the smallest, probably the smallest kid on the ice, you know, with, you know, and, and uh, yeah, I used to get knocked, I used to get knocked around, but then I, I'd have to learn how to, you know, how, how to maneuver and, and get through it, you know, and so, so yeah, I mean, it definitely was, uh, I wouldn't say, you know, I was a I was picked on, you know, all the time and bullied or anything like that. But I would say, yeah, I mean, it definitely, you know, being a smaller person, you know, you know skinnier, you know, skinnier person, uh, not having the weight and, and all that, it definitely was a, um, was a motivator on, <clears throat> on wanting to, to get better. I knew that I would have to get better. You know, if I was going to go out and do what I wanted to do, I knew that I would, and I had no problem uh, I, you know, spending hours and the, and coaches, you know, used to, you know, my mom used to, you know, have to pull me inside or coaches would, you know, would, uh, would tell, you know, would try to put a lid on the amount of time that I would spend training, you know, just to get prepared because at that time, you know, I would be, I would be scheduled to pitch, you know, and here I was two days before, throwing, you know, throwing, throwing, throwing. Like, trying to pinpoint, you know, the, pinpoint it you know so um and i think that that you know that's many many years ago but i feel like you know in understanding my um my you know my psychology now even um i feel like that 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 has set that forward and i got no problem now like people you know steph and i talk about this quite often you know i mean we've become um how would i say it we've become such a distracted society if you would yes. right and we have to have something that's always keeping us stimulated you know uh you know and, and you see you know what you know uh, the evolution of the the phone and the the uh, you know um earplugs. ear earplugs ear earphones and you know it, it's made it really easy to to train or to race with music and or whatever it is that motivates you um but if you're able to do it you know right here you know, not have to have that external source. Um, I want to, 
I want to interrupt you really quick because for the people who um, are listening and not watching, what he just did is he tapped his heart. He tapped it. He tapped his chest, and he says, "When you can do it from in here," and he means internally, like self-driven, self-motivated. Hi, Kona. Um, so there's so many things. I literally feel like I'm like, oh my god, I could talk to you guys for three hours because there's so many things I want to talk about. Um, but one of the things I'm going to say, and then Steph, I'm coming right to you. You do these daily posts, which we'll get to, but why I want to bring up this one, this is the one from today. And it's a quote from Mahatma Gandhi, who's one of my uh, head honchos on my spiritual team. And it says, strength does not come from physical capacity. It comes from an indomitable will. And mm -hmm. that's kind of what both of you have. And I want to get to that because I think and one of the questions that I always ask, and we might dive into a little bit more is, and it's right here on the sheet, I can tell you right here, it says, what were you like as a kid? Because that's what I'm most curious about. It's really easy to look at you two. And, and like I said, we're going to talk about your races. And, and I know you're, you're, you're humble, but I'm, I'm going to make you brag a little bit, or at least tell us some stuff. But, you know, um, um, most people are interested in like, oh, tell me about this guy. He's been to Kona World Championships how many times and he's done how many races and he's the best in his age group and he's this and this and this. And I'm always curious about, well, how did we get there though? Mm -hmm. What was that character act? What was that story to the glory? Like, I want to know, like, who were you? What were the odds against you? Like, where did you come from? Like, how did you become this kind of person? So Steph, would you say that and again, you know, it's so interesting if I if I was talking to you without him here um, and I didn't know you, let's say I was just interviewing you like you might be able to say to me like, oh, um, where am I going with this? Like, because it's hard to separate because I know the two of you and I've, I know the kind of example that was set for you. But mm -hmm. do you think you also had that thing within you? to be repetitive, to be disciplined, to be committed, to do a thing again and again and again and again. Do you think that, like what, what if your dad wasn't doing that stuff? And I, and I know it's kind of impossible in some ways to answer because he was doing those yeah. things, but tell me about you and your inner world. Like, are you the same way? Do you get bored or can you, how do you push through or, or you know, do the training? Mm -hmm. I, it's hard to, to say what it would be like if he wasn't doing sure. it because whenever I'm thinking whenever there's a hard whenever whenever I'm having a low in training or what during a workout um I think about how he perseveres through it <laughs> and how, how he's gone through his races but also I've learned it now I'm starting to, as I dig deeper now I'm starting to learn myself more and even today when I was swimming, I was swimming um, a longer swim today. Yeah. And it's just back and forth, back and forth in the pool, laps and laps. And I was thinking, I'm like, this is, this is boring. And, but I'm like counting it to myself and I just find a rhythm. And I think about, um, I think about what, what lap I'm at, or like, it's just, it might be boring to some people, but to me, it's, it's just each lap is going to get me better to where I want to be and my, my goals are, you know, my goals beyond. So I'm just, I think it's just staying in the moment. Um, and to, to wrap it back to your question, it's, it's like, I think through sports, I've never been the, 
to the, I've, I've like been talented, but I don't think I've ever been like the, the top one on the team. Most of my teams, I've always had people that were um, better than me. So I've always looked up to them. I've always looked up to um, professional athletes. And um, so that's always been on the back of my head of just trying to look at those, those top models and just, and just setting the eye to it and going. So those examples that have been set by the athletes who have come before you. Yep. So there's, yep. there's several things I want to say to you too. And so this might get awkward for a second. So we might want to just pretend like your dad's not there, but um, <laughs> so I have this picture of you, like your graduation picture that I lifted off the internet, oh, <laughs> but yeah. your quote at your graduation, it looks like is obstacles. This is Michael Jordan quote. And you brought up Michael Jordan. That's why I said obstacles don't have to stop you. If you run into a wall, don't turn around and give up, figure out how to climb it, go through it or work around it. And it's very similar to like what your dad posted, which is about this kind of having this indomitable will. But here's a question that I have, and I don't know if you like even subconsciously, I mean, I think you, I think of you as an honest person, but what I'm about to say is, I don't know if you can answer this honestly, but Sometimes I wonder, like, you know, when there's like um, a business, right? And it's like Sanford and Sons or, uh, you know, so-and-so and company, but it's like, it's a family business that's been passed down and passed down and passed down and passed down. And like you said, it's like, let's say that the owner of the business, the grandfather, <laughs> you know, dies and the dad and the kids are like left in charge. And they might ask the question, well, what would grandpa do? Or what would dad say we should do here, right? They're going to look to that wisdom or whatever. Have you ever felt like, and I know this is a personal question, but I'm curious about the dynamics of people and families who do the same thing. Have you ever felt like if I don't do this race or I know I gave my word away, my dad might be disappointed. Has that ever been a thing where you felt, not that he pressures you, but are you self-driven based on, I don't want to disappoint myself? Or is there ever that thing about, well, I know my dad would do it this way. Am I, am I, am I clear in my question? Yeah. You're, yeah. I don't think he's, and he's made it clear to me that he's never going to push me. Like it's more, this is what I, you know, you, these are my recommendations, but you don't, he's always made it clear. Don't, I'm not pushing you. And whenever I've had bad game, bad race, whatever, I've never felt like he was disappointed in me because I, in every game I've done, I've given effort and that's mm. to his eyes, what he wants to see. So that's kind of, that's how I've felt my life through sports and through like school and all that too. Yeah. He just wants to try your time, one time, <laughs> one time, one tell me, time. Tell me the story. There was, no, there was. There, oh. was, there was one. one <laughs> Which was a game changer, actually. One time. Yeah. This is important. Yeah. All right. Talk, tell us the yeah. story. No, there was. And, yeah. and really, I mean, and I'll go back to what, you know, what Steph said. Like, first of all, I didn't want her to do her first Ironman at, at her age. And she opted, she decided to do it. How anyway, old was she? Give us some context. She was not, you were 19 when you did it? I was 19 when I decided to do it, but then I was 20 when 20, I did it. Yeah. So, yeah. and how know. old are you now to put it in context? 26. Okay. Yeah. 
but she wanted to do it. And I, and I told her, I said, you know, you're, you're 18, you know, and, but I would, re- you know, cause she was in the heart of college and, <clears throat> and I knew the time was going to be an issue with training and, you know, cause she was that, de- you know, dedicated to her studies and she was also playing team sports, et cetera. So, but, um, but I've never, you know, I've never stopped her from doing whatever, whatever she wants to do. I mean, I'm, you know, and we've talked about it where I'm like, you know what, if you don't, if you don't like doing it, you know, certainly don't do it, you know? Um, and, uh, you know, there's been times that, you know, I wanted to say something, you know, but I, you know, like in a, after a game, you know, and about all of her team sports and et cetera, but I always, you know, a, a game is a game and, you know, I knew that she let always me ask did. you, let me be rude. I know I'm being rude and interrupting. When you say I wanted to say something, something about what was it? Her performance, performance? a performance, yeah. you know, ever but attitude, I also, ever attitude, Steph ever have a little attitude or was she always a great, I mean, she, my experience of Steph over all these years, always absolutely. a great kid. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Attitude. Oh, yeah. attitude. Yeah. Yeah. attitude. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. You all, yeah. We, we train it together oh, now. Oh, yeah. So. No, now, yeah, now, but no attitude for sure. Yeah. <laughs> a bad way, but, you know, but I knew when to stand back and, you know, I mean, she's very competitive, you know, and, uh, you know, whether it was going to practice, you know, the same idea, you know, it was, if she went to, to practice, you got in, you know, once you got towards practice, you know, I'm driving her practice. It was just like, all of a sudden, this was the story. Shit hits the fan. You know, I mean, you know, it was, you know, you just, huh? I want to say the story, the story about this. So the story, well, the the one, the one that really, really sticks out is there was, she had two games. She had a couple of games, I think. And um, it was, I don't remember, you know, uh, I think it was when you were playing with the girls, girls team and, oh man, she just, I mean, she was not, she always, Steph would always ask me about, you know, how I did, how, you know, how to go, how did I look out there, dad, you know, and 99.99999% of the time I would always be, you know, like it would always be an optimistic, positive, you know, you look good, you know, and then maybe because she really wanted my opinion you know it was very she was very she wanted feedback you know what she continues now you know mm-hmm. and uh but i and then then if there was something going on then i would say um you know okay well maybe work on this or you know whatever but she'd asked me um i think this is the same one that you're thinking of but she'd asked me it was she had two game two women girls games at saint a's and uh what, what it, sport was it hockey okay hockey. and uh after the game what game, game one it was like a two hour um you know in between and she asked me you know she and i was i was up in the stands and i was just like man she just her head her head was just not her head and her heart were just not in this game at all i mean to the point of just like it was just obvious just obvious yeah it was just obvious you know and whatever i mean it was it was what it was and but i think it was kind of i don't remember if it was an important game or what it was but you know it was getting late in the season whatever and so after the game stuff you know and i was just like okay <laughs> this ain't happening you know if she asks me it's it's shit's hitting the fan you know and uh you know we she gets in the van after and you know we're going to get some get some lunch before the next game 
and you know it was silence in the car you know and she's like uh so how'd I, how'd I do that <laughs> oh, my oh my god I'm preparing right now I'm preparing oh right now. yeah no, like, and I'm silent I was just like silent and then I, had, I don't remember the exact words that you came sucked. out but I go I said you sucked yeah you sucked and Steph was just like what I said no I said you sucked and it wasn't that she sucked and that's what I, that was the point that I wanted to make. And this is how the conversation went. It wasn't that she wasn't, the effort wasn't there. I mean, it was, the effort wasn't there. That was what, and that was the point that I was making. I'm like, Seth, I said, you, 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 it wasn't like you, you were making bad plays or anything. You just did not play. There was no heart at all. Yeah. You know, there was nothing to, you know, if you're looking for, and I'm giving you my positive feedback, but you, you just sucked. You didn't, there was no desire to be doing what you were doing and it showed dramatically. And then, you know, and it, what the conversation wasn't long, but it was really the only time I, I would have to say, I don't really even recall another time that we ever had the conversation like that, but, you know, and so we went and we got, you know, you know of course she, she cried and, um, you know, and then and that, you know, I kept explaining her, you know, it wasn't that wasn't that you just weren't putting the effort in, you know, and if you're looking to get better, you have to put the effort in, you know, you're gonna have good games or bad games, but I mean, you were just completely so like, it wasn't yeah, you weren't necessarily, uh, you know, disappointed in her as a person, like it wasn't that uh, like, oh, you suck as a human being, it was that uh, you are missing hat, effort, like it just act, it seemed as if I'm interpreting right here. Um, but that you gave a shit to be out there like why are you no. out there if, like if you're gonna well, show up like it. this like why are you out there is that, that, no, that yes yeah. yeah and that was it and i mean and i can feel that now yeah. like i can feel it like i'm like there, there was no wanting to the, the effort was it wasn't even like she was trying to it was just like there was a no effort lights on lights on nobody's home it was just like, this ain't happening what's going on you know and uh um, where's my daughter like this isn't my yeah, kid this like isn't, what's happening? this isn't right you know i mean yeah. this is this is not her you know and then yeah. and it probably would never have come up unless she had asked me you know like you weren't gonna it. inflict it you weren't gonna i wasn't going it. to but i can tell you that i was you know Tempted. It was definitely, you know, I was in there in the stands going, man, because we knew I knew we had another game coming up. Yeah. And uh, I'm like, man, you know, and, and so that's where I came in. And, and, you know, long story short, she fueled up and at next game, it was just like a totally different. And, and the uh, parents were just like, what the hell did you do? What did Steph? you do? What did you give this kid at lunch? Well, wait, Steph, tell me, though, you said. So A, what's it like to be on the receiving end of that feedback? And B, um, like, how, how do I say this? So like, did you know going into it that you were, your performance or whatever had been lackadaisical? What was it like to hear that? And you said that day was a game changer. Like that conversation was a game changer. Tell me what that was like from your perspective. Mm -hmm. Honestly, so the first thing is, that's actually not the story I was thinking. So I was thinking there was, there was one time during a practice, similar yeah. type of thing where we had a very deep conversation. He actually pulled over to the side of the road. So let me, let me back up. This so is, we're going to go. Well, so yeah. So, so Steph had, um, Steph had made a team that was, um, 
uh, superstars. All right. I mean, superstar hockey. I mean, mm-hmm. we're talking her age. And the- yes. I mean, just these, these kids, these girls were like the best of the best. And I would say in New Hampshire, you know, okay. and um, Steph made it. And, but Steph was, you know, she was like me with the, you know, she, she really had to fight to make it. And, sure. um, and for her to be around, you know, and this was in kind of in the beginning of the season, to be around these girls that were, you know, we're talking prep school, we're talking, you know, we're talking a couple of them now are, are playing in the pro and, you know, for the pro women leagues Yeah. now. Um, so, and she was very uh, uh, intimidated by it, you know, and it was an honor to be on a team, but by the same token, um, Steph, uh, you know, was like, she just wasn't uh, wasn't herself, and she was really afraid to go to the practices, you know. And um, we were driving up to Tilton one day, and uh, I think we were going to practice. And we were, you know, I could tell that it was not. So I wouldn't say that this is like the same type of conversation, but this was a game changer, you know. She, so I want to I want to hear up- about both of them from your point of view, Steph. Like, what was it like? And then, in S two, if you have more to say about that story from a dad's point of view, I want to hear it. But tell me, like, so that first one, let's, let's complete that. So when he says to you, you sucked, like, Mm -hmm. what was that? The, that wasn't the one you were thinking of though, right? That, that, okay. All right. So tell me, all right. So we can go back to that one. Let's stay on track with the one that Sean just, just told. So we keep everybody on the same page. So, um, you get this gig, basically you make it on this team with girls who are maybe bigger, better, stronger, faster, been at it longer, more focused concentration, like whatever the thing is. And you're not, you're feeling a little self-doubt or insecurity or whatever. A lot. Yeah. Do you you, like a lot, meaning do you talk about it a lot? Are you voicing this to your dad or does this just happen over one conversation? Like what happens? I think over time it gradually, like the nerves got more and more as the season was approaching and going and, um, and then I think this was just a buildup of it though. I was still holding a lot in for it from it. And then this, before this practice, it just kind of like, I was, I was like, my nerves overcame me. And I was like, I, I don't know if I specifically said, I don't want to go, but I was like, not really wanting to go at all to practice, and to practice. Yeah. So you're and- in a locked, you're in a locked container space. Like you're in a car with this guy you you make the i'm joking the mistake right or you make you say the comments or you you let out this moment of um i don't want to do this i don't know if i can do it like whatever the words are and then what happens he basically lets out (laughs) camel whoop ass on me (laughs) he pulled over and and that's when i'm like shit like it's getting real right now. I mean, I was, uh, probably 12, 12, it was you 12. So it was 12 ish. Oh my God. I thought you were like 19. Okay. So you're 12 no. years old. No, 12 14. No, it was 14. Oh, it was 14. No, 14. You, you, yeah. It was you 14. Oh, it was you, you 14. Yeah, okay. yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, I still was felt, I know I was young, <laughs> Yeah. but I was, you know, enough for, I knew where he was getting to. Do you and remember what he said to you specifically? Anything? Is there anything that stayed with you all this time? Not specific quote, but 
it basically, I, I remember getting the vibe of like, this is, you have one, two decisions to make. There's two pathways right now. Yeah. You're, you're going to go down two roads. You have a choice between mm-hmm. those two. Either you're choosing to commit to this team or you're not. And we're, right now. we're pulling around, we're pulling over and you're not, we're going to go back home and you're not doing this. And it basically, I mean, that's the first time he's ever so put wait. that. Let, as a storyteller, let me put this in context, right? So you guys are, is the car idling or is the car shut off? Like how serious are we? We're, up, we're on the side of the road. We're basically in the middle of, you know, in the middle of Tilton. Okay. You probably turned it off. Probably turned it off. We shut off the car. Yep. We know it's about to get serious. And you basically look at her and you say like, look, basically this is the shit or get off the pot speech, right? Yep. Either we're going to this practice and you're going to give it your all and you're going to commit to this team and you're doing this or we're turning around right now and we're not doing this. Is that basically the gist of it? Yep. yep. It was, but I will say this, that I also in, in that, it wasn't like you are doing this. It, it big, big part of that conversation was you deserve to be on this team. Uh, you deserve to be out there you need to convince yourself that you deserve to be out there and that you are good enough to be with these girls. That was the problem was, or the, or the, the weakness in her head was she just didn't believe that. And I'm like, and it wasn't that I didn't, it wasn't at that time because I, it was not, you are going to play or you're not going to play. You know, we're not going to keep doing this. It was, you need to decide right now, right now, whether you are, good enough to play with them or not good enough because if you don't believe that you're good enough to play with them and you don't want to put the effort into that then we're going to turn around if you are if you if we're going to decide right now that we're not going to have any more of this and that you are going to decide to be the best that you can be and you belong to be with these girls because you do because you you made this team then we're going you know we're going to go we're we're going to this thing and it starts today Mm -hmm. and uh you know and it wasn't uh you know it wasn't like I don't think it was a really, uh, you know, a, a um, how would I say, you know, really like, uh, you know, decision, you know, um, um, conversation, but it was a more of a, you deserve to do it. But if you don't yeah. believe you, if you don't believe it right now, you know, you've got to believe it right now. If you don't, and if, if this is going to be an issue, we're going to call up, uh, you know, the coach and we're going to let them know that we're going to, we're stepping away, you know, what? we'll turn, turn the van yeah. around and we're leaving. And what? What I love about this is this is something that I often say to my, my clients and my, the people in the nest is I can't want your happiness, your peace, your, your, I can't want this for you more than you want it for yourself. That's not going to work. Like you have to want this or believe in yourself or whatever, because the one thing that I know to be true is that external validation, external accolades, external support, external everything. Trust me, it's great. But when it's you and you, and you're looking yourself in the mirror, or you're towing the line, or you have a decision to make, or you're being called. And I, and I think we do, we get called in this lifetime to do things that sometimes we might feel like we are not up for the task. And it's great when other people believe in you, but this is why this conversation, what you, what you said, this one right now, and the one that you had back then is so important is that you were calling her forth to believe in herself. 
Right. It was because you could have just sat there and said, Steph, you've got the skill. I believe it. this was you saying you have to decide right now who you are and yeah. who you're what you're made of and who you're going to be. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. that's all we stayed with you, Steph. Yeah, I think that was a, a huge game changer for me in that end. And I know and even beyond like in that that season, actually, it, I was thinking about it as he was saying it it's actually really it was I not I wasn't like I didn't it didn't change me my talent or anything I wasn't like a rock star the whole season (laughs) (laughs) but the cool thing about it was actually during our state championship um game um I scored the winning goals for us to go to regionals you know in in overtime a breakaway and that was that I was going to say that is the you know, that is the epitome of, um, you know, the, the moral to the story is, you know, and people that are listening that I believe is that once you decide that, you know, you have that capability and whatever it is that you do and you put the effort into it. And even though it's not, you know, right throughout the whole season, she, you know, Steph had a, had a really good season, but she didn't stand out you know, like a lot of the hockey players that she played with because they really were that good, you know, mm-hmm. but, but the, in the end result, Steph scored the goal to win the state championship. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's, um, you so, know, it takes, it takes the commitment. It takes the desire to want to, 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 you know, to believe in yourself yeah. And with that, it's, you know, you're still going to have the, you know, you're always going to have the rocky roads and, and, and all that, but, you know, I mean, uh, it, often it turns out that, you know, the, the universe comes back to us, you know, hundred percent. I, I often say to my, you know, my clients, I say, look, the universe can't get, get, get behind wishy-washy. The universe can't get behind wishy-washy. And there's a famous old quote about, um, I, th- I think it was WH. W.H. Marcotte, maybe, no, Murray, W.H. Murray, who was one of the first guys to like climb Mount Everest or Kilimanjaro, one of the big ones, whatever. And he has this quote. And part of the quote is, once you commit, providence will move too. And it will bring you all kinds of things that you need, resources, support, like whatever it is. But when you're on the fence and you're doing that, that, you know, tap dance of like, oh, I don't know. And da, 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 da. And here's the thing, though. Even if you end up blowing it or sucking or doesn't go the way you plan, you know you played with hot, right? Clear eyes, full hot, can't lose, right? There's a reason why that saying sticks, you know? Yeah. And so so I'm loving this so much. And I and I want to talk about I want to talk about this because we've we've talked about commitment quite a bit. And like I said, I have I have a I have a thousand questions for you. But you know, one of the ways that I think Yes, there are these things that motivated you as a child, um, you know, that drive that you had, and, and we'll maybe have time to come back around to that. But as an adult, you now get to choose every day. This is who I want to be. This is how I want to be. These are the choices that I'm making. This is what I'm doing. So you set yourself up um, each day to do this. Now, I remember back when you left Toyota for that five, five year period of time and you started S2 coaching 
And because of our friendship, I started doing yoga for athletes specifically for you and like your athletes. And I started to spend a lot of time with you guys. And I started to like, I felt insane too. Cause I'm like, why am I getting up at two in the morning to go to a race? Because I would go as like a cheerleader, right? Like I love supporting you guys. And in fact, for my 40th birthday, my sweetie bought me a ticket because I went to watch you race in Kona at one of the Ironman World Championships. That was, was that 2008, 2009? What year was that? 2008. It was eight, right? 2008, yeah. Yeah, and I have, I have a story I want to ask you about that race as well. But like, I was committed. I wasn't racing, but I had the gear. Like, I had the S2 coaching gear, and I was officially on the sideline. Steph, I saw you at a bunch of races, you know? But I'd be like driving my forerunner to like these events, like, sleeping in the back of my car to like eh, eh, you hear the horns going off and then all the bathroom anxiety and people zipping up and everybody doing the shenanigans but i loved watching you guys like do what you do but something shifted for you like you had all this discipline when it came to like getting out there like i've seen pictures of you with like like icicles for eyelashes and like running in extreme weather and all this insane stuff. But something in the past, I don't know, however many years, and I'm not going to say it's new, but what I feel like was a recommitment to yourself, um, your spirituality, your inner world. Can we talk a little bit about that? And like your, uh, what I would call a daily <laughs> DSP, daily spiritual practice, like what that looks like for you now and how you came back to that or how you created it and why it's so important. Yeah, I mean, I, um, so, uh, you know, so I've always had the commitment, you know, I've always had the, the drive and the, and the goals and the routines, etc. you know, and for, um, you know, you, you go, through the ebbs and flows of, uh, you know, of it all. And I think, uh, you know, as I approached 50, you know, after I, you know, um, you know, got out of the coaching, you know, I, I kind of, I, I think I, I enjoy, I always enjoyed the, the coaching was a, it was, you know, it was a great five years and I was very blessed to be able to do what I did. Mm -hmm. um, I think that in, uh, in, you know, in some ways it just, um, I wouldn't say took the energy, uh, took, took the energy out of me, but I think in some ways it, you know, I guess it did, yeah. you know, um, putting, you know, uh, I, you know, putting it into putting the energy into, into it the way I did, I guess. And, you know, um, you know, and so, uh, I would say that, I wouldn't say that, you know that it was a low point for me, but I guess it was a you know a low point, and I it was a point in my life that, you know, I mean I, I grew up, probably you know, partying and you know drinking and and doing all that stuff, and you know that's pretty that's that stuff continued right you know right through, right through my forties, you know I mean, mm -hmm. uh, you know you go to concerts, you drink or you'd watch you know sports and get together with friends and you know, would have beers and you know, that's kind of the way that we, that we grew up. And yeah, I'd say, uh, you know, in my forties, you know, I, I hit a, um, you know, a low point, you know, um, uh, with that. And, uh, 
you know, into my late forties, uh, you know, I still did the triathlons and I still, you know, I guess performed at a, at a, you know, at, at a, how would I, you know, at the best past at, at the best results that I could get and still did pretty well, but, um, I wasn't, um, it wasn't here, you know, it was not in my heart, uh, the way that it should have been. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I knew that, um, for myself that there would have to be uh, changes. Um, I knew that, uh, you know, I wouldn't be able to keep getting away with mm -hmm. what I was doing, uh, and then getting older. Um, it just wasn't a good mix, you know, I and remember I, that. And, I mean, and I thought, you know, I see it, I've seen it, you know, I, I, I see it with, you know, as I got older and recognized it with, with other, with other friends, if you would, and people that I knew, uh, I knew that, um, you know, the stuff that you, that you can get away with when you're younger, uh, it starts to catch up with you. Um, you know, so you kind of have what I, so I jokingly call these, like you have a come to Jesus moment, right? Like you have this yeah. moment where you recognize, okay, this shit's not going to keep working. Something work. has to change. There, yep. There's like, whether it's an epiphany or a moment or a recognition, like, and, and for some people, like Steph was saying earlier, it's not like always like this definitive moment, but sometimes it is. It's like, you have this realization, you, you kind of wake up out of your stupor and you look around and you're like, what am I doing? Yeah. Something has to change. Right. Yeah. And that's where, you know, I, I had a couple of those epiphany moments, if you would, but the one that really, uh, that, you know, that really, um, kicked it off was Steph, Pam and myself were at uh, visiting Stephanie at the University of New England. We were, you know, walking on a beach, and oh, uh, you know, the three stones. This is three stones, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah go ahead. So, you know, and I'm walking on the beach, and you know, for whatever reason, I don't know if you know we had been partying the night before or whatever it was, but I knew that uh, you know what, I, I just need to get my shit together. And uh, we were on the beach, and you know, I looked down, and there were three rocks in the sand. And uh, right then I decided, uh, I picked up the three rocks and said, this is it. These rocks are coming home and uh, with me, they're going to go on my uh, bathroom sink. And uh, today it all begins. Today I, you know, quit the drinking, uh, get my shit together. And, uh, you know, for at that time, it wasn't like I was, you know, okay, I'm going to get up every morning at 3.30. But I knew that uh, my morning, my nights were going to, you know, I got to start getting to bed early. Uh, and I need to start getting, getting up earlier, you know, and, yeah. um, and then let me ask you, I want to interrupt, um, again, uh, as a storyteller, I, I the, the details for me are so important. So what did these three rocks symbolize to you? Like you see these symbolize me, Steph and Pam. And what about these rocks? Like that makes you say, like, I'm picking these up. These represent, you know, th these two people in my life who I love the most. This is our family unit. And yeah. when you saw them, you just felt like, was it more than just like, I need to get my shit together for me? Was it more like I need to get my shit together for them and for us? All of it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was for, it was for us. Yes. Yeah. Um, that was the main, you know, and that continues to be the, you know, the main is it's for us. Yeah. Uh, but I also knew in, so the us led to me, which yes. led to, <clears throat> led to, um, you know, my changes. Um, yes, 
And that's what I still, you know, when I look at those three rocks, I don't look at looking at those three rocks as me as an individual, those right. three rocks are us as a family. Yeah. They symbolize something greater than you because yes. that's because, you know, at some point there are just times, especially, and I want to talk about this in a moment, um, when you're out there on that course and you're like 10 hours in, nine hours in, you need something greater than yourself sometimes to lean upon, right? Yes. And I think that's part of where like you came back to, and I don't want to speak for you. I don't want to use words, religion, spirituality, God, those are your, you can, you can decide how you want to talk about that. But I know that part of this morning ritual, and it makes me laugh. And we've talked about this so many times where I'm still a night owl, but I don't go to bed as late as I used to. But it used to be that like, I'd be going to bed and I'd be thinking to myself, oh, Sean's getting up right now. And I used to like laugh. I used to just be like, what is happening? And it's the same thing with my friend, Walter, who I did a podcast on. Walter has been getting up at 3.20. He's one of the top strength and conditioning coaches in the country. You know, he's trained all these incredibly, I mean, Olympic athletes. He has like 14 Olympic athletes, all this stuff. And Steph, his wife, actually, Walter's wife is the head coach now. She was assistant coach at BU women's hockey. She's now the head coach at Dartmouth women's hockey. I still oh. want you to, I still feel like I want you two to meet. I don't know. I know you're not playing hockey anymore, but I still want you to meet. But Walter has been the one person I knew who has been getting up at 3.30, 3.15. He says between 3.15 and 3.20 for the past 25 years. And then when you recommitted to this thing, you started getting up at like somewhere in the 3.30 mark. And we were joking tonight. I'm like, wait, we're going to start our interview at 6 p.m. You're going to turn into a pumpkin. I'm like, isn't it almost your bed? It's like 6.38. Yeah. I keep looking at the thing. I'm like, wait, isn't it almost your bedtime? Yeah. <laughs> tell, no, yeah. But tell me, tell me about your morning routine, how it came to be, what, you know, as much as you feel comfortable sharing, um, wh what you do and like why it's important to you. So, uh, I mean, so, so yeah, so, you know, got the rocks and then, and then that's when it started and I, um, so I'm not, you know, I don't remember exactly like I didn't like all of a sudden that next morning have this routine, but it, it, it developed, you know, over the course of a pretty short period of time, really. But um, so, you know, more or less it, it involved, uh, you know, getting to bed early. You know, the key was getting to bed early the night before, which <laughs> meant to Let's me, you know, down. what, you know, I was a, you know, I'm a, I still am a Red Sox, Bruins, Celtics, Patriots fan. And it meant me shutting games off or not even beginning to watch them. Um, okay, you know, wait, let's discuss, let's discuss that. As, let's, okay, as a member of Red Sox Nation, as a, a New England kid myself, I just, and here's the thing, we're now slouches. We've had some amazing teams over the past. I mean, the dynasty that we've kind of built. So it's not like you're just like, ah, turning off a game. There have been times where you've been like, either I'm not going to even get involved and watch this game, or it's down to the wire. So this is a big thing because we, we're going for championships and you still shut off the TV. Is this what we're talking, this level of commitment? Yeah. Yeah. No, and, and Steph can, huh? the other day yeah you know game i didn't watch game seven, you know game seven of the Celts. you know mm. um yeah no it's you know so but i knew that going into my 50s that it, it was going to take this level of commitment and so that meant going to bed early and that meant getting up you know i think initially it was you know 
around four o'clock in the morning. And then it developed into, you know, uh, you know, more or less 315. Uh, you know, I'd get up, uh, have my coffee, you know, make my coffee and then have, you know, drink water. Um, and then, you know, roll out my yoga mat. Yeah, that's uh, what I'm talking about. Get some yoga in there. <laughs> um, generally have, uh, you know, three, maybe four different types of books that I don't read, you know, cover, you know, I just have like pages of each book that, um, you know, and one of them is a, a gratitude book. Uh, the other one is uh, you know, like the four agreements. Yeah. Uh, and then usually I'll finish that. The, uh, the last book will be more of a... Um, you know, like a kind of a kick in the ass, like a David Goggins or a Bucko yeah. uh, Wilnick, uh, you know, type book that, and I just read. So it starts with a spiritual. And so then I got, I read, read a little bit. And I've got a list of, um, you know, 10 things that I'm, you know, I'm grateful for. And I read that. And then I, um, you know, do some yoga poses. Um, and then, um, you know, say a rosary and then pray for, you know, friends and, and family yeah uh, you know and go through that generally I, that it all takes me you know half hour 40 minutes sometimes mm -hmm. uh, and then after I go through that um, I do a, a morning post on Facebook you know and you know it used to be on the Facebook thing it used to be a lot more like in-depth but I kind of kept it you know more simple I yeah. stepped away from it a little bit um, you know about probably four or five months ago uh, just cause I was, you know, just having, um, you know, I was just, you know, obviously with, with, with the world and the way it is and opinions yeah. and stuff, getting a little bit overwhelmed with, mm -hmm. with that stuff. But that being said, as I, I did miss doing it, but I also found that, uh, and I was very surprised that, that people missed it, you know, more sure. than, than I, so I, you know, revisited that and, um, but I really feel like that, um, you know, you know, if you'd asked me, you know, 20 years ago that I'd be doing, said, you know, would you be doing something like that? And would it really make that much of an impact on your day? You know, <clears throat> if you missed it, um, I would say I would have laughed back then, but I, it's, it's hands down. It's, it's a game changer. And I've done 100%. it every, every day. I have not missed a day since I was, you know, 50. So yeah. how um, old are you now? I, mean, I know, but tell the people. So you're 56 yeah, years old. Yeah. So, and I have not missed a day. And we're talking like, um, you know, ho you know, races. I'm talking about, um, you know, going away. You know, Pam and I go away for, you know, a weekend or, yes. you know, we're in hotels or I always find a place. I Stuff always comes with me and I always find a place to, to do it. And, well, uh, so that's important. Let's talk about that because, and Steph, I want to ask you too uh, in one second. Um, you don't leave it up for chance though. You're like, that stuff comes with me. So it is a priority now to you. And you know, the people who are listening, who, um, you know, have been listening to me talk about this for so long, because I've had a daily, I'm not doing a comparison thing, but I'm just saying I've had a daily spiritual practice for over 30 years now, every day before my feet even hit the floor in the morning, I'm like, I'm doing my thing, right? There's a reason for it. Because I got smarter and I understood that when I don't do this, I'm different. I show up differently. This helps me to show up as my best self. So, you know, my, I always say like my Iron Man is less about like physical stuff. For me, it is definitely the emotional, the mental and the spiritual, like really showing up with that. 
but you set yourself up for success because you plan it. You take your shit, whether you're racing, you're going to Ireland, you're going to Utah, you're going to Kona, Hawaii, wherever you're going, you're making sure because you got smart enough to realize that this piece is, I don't want to speak for you, but in some ways, just as, or wicked important is the training, the physical training. Because if you can't get your mind right, if you can't get your heart right, you know, right. it's great if the body can do these things. Right. But the, the interesting thing about triathlon is that it's a multidimensional sport. It requires strength of mind, strength of heart, strength of body, strength, strength of spirit. And I want to talk about that in a second. But before we do, Steph, do you have any kind of ritual or routine or practice or daily thing that you do as well? Yeah, it's developed within the last year, I'd say. Um, so now, now that I started working, I've learned that I need to find time to train. Um, but so I'm starting to now do workouts in the mornings. Um, mm -hmm. But before that, I'm and then I, I, this is where he's explaining his morning routine. And I'm realizing that my morning routine is looking a lot similar now. Yeah, I bet it is. Cause it that's how it works. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't even like on purpose. Cause I'm, I, I have an apartment. I'm usually away from him. So yeah. um, I've been waking up. I've, I've had my alarm for set for three fifteen. I have not gotten physically out of bed. After <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate I appreciate the, 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 but holding that vision, that's how new habits are, are created. You're like, I said it. So do you hit snooze? Is that what I'm hearing happens or yeah. 15 minutes snooze, not proud of it, but I'm, my goal is to get, get it smaller. So oh, wait, you're I, still getting up at three 30. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. I think you can relax. I think you can cut yourself a little slack. Okay. So, all right. So you're getting up at 30 then what happens and then uh, I go downstairs um I have to feed the cat because he's meowing at me he's going crazy but I so usually I my I kind of flip it he does that stretches up in the evening too I do most of mine in the evening I don't do anything in the mornings yeah uh, I've tried that and I think I'd love to get to that point but I'm not there yet yeah but what I do is I do have, I get my coffee, um, my breakfast, and I sit down at the table and I, uh, the book that I usually have been reading for a while, cause I don't read it. I just read it, maybe a page yeah. is, um, uh, Tim Grover, Grover. Tim Grover. Yeah. Tim yeah. Grover winning. So it's just a kick in the butt every morning. Um, mm -hmm. and he also just gave me another book that I, I need to I'm going to start switching to, it's a little bit lighter. Um, it's Bright, brighter by the day by, um, what's the, Robin. what's the woman's name from Robin. sports center, Robin, Robin uh, Roberts, Robin Roberts. Oh, okay. Yeah. You know, she's on yeah. uh, learning America. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I know who she is. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and that, like when I don't read, I can feel the difference in my head mentally. Um, and then after that, um, I have a 40 minute commute to work. So I listen to a podcast. I was going to say, you must listen to it. Okay. What, what's one of your favorite podcasts? So lately it's been, um, I was, I would listen to like, I love listening to Allie on the run because she's got light spirited um, stuff. 
but I also have been listening to you. I have to you say. You have not. Yes, I have. And I have to say, I like there the your recent one with get your hopes high, like get your um hopes up. up. Yeah. That really it stuck to me. And I had a good conversation with Michaela about it. You did? Um, hey, yeah. It was just, it was like I could really connect with it with um just visualize how I visualize a lot. And as you were talking about, you went through a lot of different points in it, but it connected with me. So I podcasts lately have been a big part of my life too. So, yeah, I mean, it's an incredible way to be able to listen. So first of all, thank you for listening to the show. That's so sweet. And you brought up Michaela. So, um, I don't want to get distracted from, I, there's like at least two more questions. I definitely want to ask that. Um, I think I'm, first of all, I know I have listeners, but this really, when I have these episodes where my friends are on, I'm like, this is just shit I want to talk about. And I want to know, and hopefully it also <laughs> serves them. But so you brought up Michaela. So, and I also know your wife, Pam, obviously I've known, known you guys for a wicked long time. When that thing goes off at three 30, like what's Michaela doing? Is she like, like, cause she doesn't have to get up that early. So does she just roll over and go back to sleep? Yeah. Yeah. And so she's not, she's just like used to living with an insane person basically. Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah. I know okay. she's up. like, I can tell like she's, she knows I'm waking up and I feel bad because I, yeah. for the, I, I also have to bike on the trainer in the room next to her. So. Oh All right. So we're going to get to how this is not a solo endeavor that this is another important thing that we want I want to talk about. So Sean, Pam, so here's the other thing too. The one thing you, you keep saying, I go to bed early, but let's be, let's be, tell me the number. Cause I know I'm going to start laughing right now. What's, what's your typical bedtime? I really target 730. <laughs> okay. so, so it can go anywhere. Let's just say it goes anywhere from 715 to 815. Okay. So, and you, oh. do you, you go to bed that early too? No, 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 no. I do like, I shoot for winding down at eight 30. It's usually ends up being like nine 30, sometimes 10, which I'm like, no, but yeah, because you need to get your hours in, but you're younger. So you still are bouncing back a little bit better than you, your father. And I would be on like four hours of sleep. So here's the thing. There's something about being married to somebody who goes to bed at seven 30 at night. And somebody who gets up at 3.30 in the morning, right? So yeah. there has to be, I'm sure there's some negotiations or either ex like, let's, let's, let's just get to it. acceptance. Like I always say to my sweetie, my sweetie and I joke, like one of us will do something and we look at each other and I'll go, look, you know who you married, right? And I said, so we start laughing. So like, she knows at this point who she's married to. Right. And yeah. that she's also kind of married you know i say this in, in an affectionate way like an insane person right so like yeah this oh is, yeah this is it's what makes John. you you yes oh yeah it's John. yeah it's what is it? it how would you say it's like she's beyond the um you know it's she's just accepted she's accepted it but she's totally completely numb to like it's not like you know i could i could i could tell her that i'm getting up okay because i i mean i do this you know, I'm getting up at one o'clock in the morning to go out and bike a hundred miles, you know, before eight o'clock in the morning. And okay, well, have fun. <laughs> have fun. Well, have I'm, going to, I'm going to Lafayette sunrise and then I'm going blah, blah, blah. Right, but is the 3.30 because, because here's what you guys don't know. In a lot of spiritual traditions, 
that's when they say to get up in the morning. That right. twilight hour is like a holy hour. I'm not saying that's why you guys do it. Sometimes yeah. it's just necessity. It's like, I have to be at Toyota at 7.30 and I got to get my run in, my swim, like I got to get this stuff in. And some people like that time to like be with themselves, be with their thoughts or get their shit done or whatever it is. So right. is that more of a necessity that like, I want to get my training and my, my time in with the divine or God or source or whatever, plus I want to get my mind right. I want to take care of my body. I got to get my training in because I have to be at work at this time. Is that the reason for the 3.30 or the 3.15? So it's, it's um, so yes, partially. Um, how And that initially it was, so I would say it, it started as a discipline. Okay, it started as a discipline. So you want to get your shit together, Sean. You need to start going to bed early. You need to start ditching you know, ditching the, you know, the habits that you have, you know, mm -hmm. and getting into better habits and the what better way to do that than, you know, and, and everything that I had read and, you know, and understanding other people that have, you know, over, over time have done, you know, similar, you gotta, you gotta ditch, you gotta ditch the old habits and pick up new habits. And what, what yes. better way really would be than to start going to bed early, getting up early. So that initially it started as a discipline thing to okay you need to you need you know you're in the you know you're in the army if you would you need to buckle down on it sure. so that was how it started and then and then of course I started realizing that geez if I get a you know by 2 a.m I can bike 20 you know I can bike 80 miles before work you know and you know I mean my you know my, my shop foreman and I you know ran uh or, or hiked ran Mount Lafayette before work one morning. We got met at one o'clock in the morning. We went and did Lafayette and then we got to work at eight o'clock in the, you know, 7.30 in the morning, you know, and, and worked all day, you know? So I, I started finding these things that, wow, you can actually do a lot. You know, you can still sleep. You go to go, go to bed at 6.30 and then get up and, you know, do a lot. So so it, it kind of, it got into that, you know, and then- Oh yeah, I'm following you. I will tell you this, I mean- this leads into a few different things, but um, I'm now understanding that a big part of what I didn't understand probably for, for three or four years, I, mean, I really have only kind of, kind of come to this recently, but I really am understanding that a big part of the 315, 330 thing is the silence yes. and the quietness of being able to just ground yourself and be stable and, and start that so that build that foundation quietly, all right, going into the day for the stuff that you're gonna be faced with. Um, yes, and that that was like, you know, and that I've really come come to realize like, how important that is, you know, and oh how, my God, yes. And the, the world is silent. It is silent. And then, you know, as you, as the, as the morning grows and then the birds wake up and everything like that, everything comes to life. And, and that to me is one of each day is one of the biggest joys is being able to, to see that come to life instead of, you know, again, everybody's different, but instead of being the opposite and missing that, you know, and then coming into the day where it's already, it's already noisy and already going, you know, and then 
trying to burn the other end, you know? And to me, it's the, the way that the world wakes up. And I, and I can understand in, in, in doing it as long as I have, I guess now, and, and the reasons that have, it's gone from this to this, to this, to this. And now I, I do understand that 3, 3.30 is probably that, that optimal where, um, you know, your body says, let's go. We, we need to wake up and we need to enter into the day, you know? Um, so yeah, the other thing I was going to say was, you know, Steph's got a book with, with Tim Grover and he's, he's uh, to me, is this, uh, he, you know, he's my kind of, he, he coached, um, I know who he is. I know Moby and, and my, Michael, you know, and he's pretty uh, blunt. I mean, he's very, and I love, I, I just, we both love, love reading his stuff. And uh, one thing that we were actually talking about this last week is Steph said to me, she said, you know, dad, you know, he says, um, what does he say? He says, you, you know, getting up, you know, what is it? It says getting up at three 30 or, you know, four o'clock shouldn't be something that you do, you know, because you're doing it and, and bragging about it or, 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 you know, you should, well, it's like the 5am club or whatever. Yeah, I'll get up at 5am, you know, and yeah. that type of stuff. And mm-hmm. I said, you know, um, I don't know how we got talking about it, but um, you know, and I said, you know, I said, but to me, um, it's not, it is something that comes up often, you know, when I talk with people about the routine and stuff like that. And to me, it really has nothing to do with saying that, oh yeah, I get up at three, three thirty or three right. fifty in the morning. To me, it really is like the benefit I want to, I, I, when I talk to people, the benefit that it's really given me not to brag about what time I get up, but, but legitimately like how important it is to each one of my days and how much I can actually get done early in the morning, Yeah, you know, and before I go to work and, uh, or, you know, even on the weekends, I mean, I, I, every, you know, the weekends I'm up the same time, you know, it's very, I, as I've, as I've gotten into my mid fifties, there are days, you know, after, you know, an Ironman, um, you know, after a long weekend or training or whatever. And if I need to listen to my body and, you know, you're going to hear this out of my mouth, K2, but I listen to my body and I'll, I will sleep until 4.15 or, you know, God knows five o'clock, you know. <laughs> oh my but, God, not five. Whoa. Yeah. I mean, and, you know, I know, you know, like I yeah. know as I've gotten older now, early fifties and everything, man, I just, it just boom, you know, yeah. but I am definitely noticing as I'm going into my second part, second half of my fifties. Yeah. That, uh, I can, I feel, I feel like I can still get stronger. I really do. I don't feel like I've hit my peak, but it really is taking a lot more smart, um, a lot more smart. So it's going to yeah. take, takes even more. You know, it takes even more effort, you know? Well, but it also, the thing is, is that the more that you're doing this routine, the longer that you're doing it, and you're not doing it, like you're doing it with presence. You're not just going through the motions, right? So a lot of people do, right. they start, especially when you're doing something like using a mantra or doing the rosary where it's repetition, repetition, which is right up your alley, but it can be really easy to just let the subconscious mind do it. It's like, you know, if you drive your car, you ever like drive and all of a sudden you're at your destination and you don't even remember driving there, right? Because your brain checked, like the the front of your brain checked out, but your subconscious is the one actually doing the driving because it knows how to do the things. It's the same thing when we're doing spiritual practices or 
learning anything where it's like you have to be present for it. So the more that you are getting quiet and the more to me, it's all what you do in the morning is I, it's just a spiritual practice, just straight up. You can call it whatever you want. This is what well, I yeah. call it. Right. Yeah. So yep. you're being incredibly present and you're noticing this is how I feel. This yes. is what I'm noticing, how I'm thinking. This is what I need my body. This is what my body needs. This is what my spirit needs right now. The fact that you're doing that is such a beautiful thing. I mean, we are entering those, uh, you know, I'm 53. You're a little older than me. My sweetie just turned 57. And so, you know, it does take the body a little bit longer to recover. It does require us to be a little smarter about how we're moving through the world where, cause here's the other thing. We have less years ahead of us than we do behind us. So right. we have to be intentional about our time, our energy, what we're choosing to do, who we're choosing to do it with. And yeah. so I love that you're breaking this down and sharing it. And I think that that piece about getting quiet, that is like, that is like so huge in the part of all spiritual practice is so that you can not only uh, dial down the chatter of the monkey mind, but so they get, get a little quiet internally so that you can also hear any guidance, whether you want to call it from God, source, intuition, your inner teacher, the inner voice, divine intelligence. I never, your higher self, I don't care what people call it, but that's a spiritual and emotional maturity that is happening as well. And it's a beautiful and it's a powerful thing. And I love, that's part of that balance that I would have talked about a wicked long time ago. Because what I find with so many people like you and um, like a Goggins, who's like on my spiritual teams, he's my, you and Goggins are like the ass kickers on my spiritual team, um, is that I would say just because you can doesn't mean you should. Because you have the kind of will that can push you and push you and push you and push you. Right. So it's really powerful. So two things I know I want to let you go so you can get to bed, but two I do want to, I want to, I want to add something on this. Yes, please. On this really quick. So I will say this. So, um, you know, I don't know, maybe, maybe a year ago, I was gifted with a, um, with this thing called the iPhone. I, uh, I, I got an iPhone. I remember. I remember yeah. when you told me you had a smartphone and you got rid of your flip phone. Well, I was like, what is happening? Everybody was just like floored at work. They were, I mean, people came running out of their offices when they heard about it. They were just like, oh my God, you got to be kidding me. So, um, so with that, um, I started to add um, watching videos. Yeah. To, to my morning routine so i you know is getting really into um like side guru yeah um, you know those type of um you know spiritual or you know or you know meditation stuff or yeah. even goggins or you know depending on the mood of the day you know I, and, and i would watch a lot of them but i would watch maybe one video a morning with the other you know with the other stuff that i was doing so i was adding a little bit more time but i was adding it but I will honestly, at first it was kind of a jolt. I'm like, all right, this is cool. You know, this is awesome. But I really, over time, I didn't realize it, but over time, I kind of felt like I was getting away from my routine a little bit. Like I was feeling different. Like I thought that I would have been more, because you're talking about how before you were saying how you, you're on autopilot, you're on autopilot. So you just, so I felt like, and I didn't realize this at the time, but 
when I have to read or when I have to pray or when I have to sit still and I just have to, okay, you, you're not on autopilot. You are, you are you and it's everything you're reading it. And, mm -hmm. and by watching the videos over time, it wasn't immediate, immediate, but over time I became on autopilot and you it would takes have you outside of yourself you outside you, because you, exactly so you're watching something that you think is is really and maybe every once in a while it would be nice to watch but if you get into the habit of doing that you're you're just constantly watching something and you're not getting that same that same feeling because you're watching somebody else say it and i realized you know a few months ago and this is after you know this is after many months of this and I, you know, in the morning, I was just like, I was still doing it all. Now still, and it was taking longer, but I was not at the end of it. I was just like, wow, man, I feel like I, I should, you know, because, because, because if you've done it long enough, you understand yes. the feeling of what it, what, what, what you should feel like. And it's not a feeling that you say, oh, I need to feel like this. It's just something that, you know, you yes. walk out the door and you're rock solid for whatever's going to come at you. Well, we say, you know, I, I, was, I just said on my podcast that came out today, we don't pray and meditate and do, do, uh, use a mind, do all these spiritual things. I'm like, you don't do them to get better at praying and getting better at meditation. You do them to get better at life. You yeah. do them to show up better as yourself, to be yeah. more in alignment so that you can meet whatever life brings to your door. Yeah. And what's powerful is what you're saying is, Oh, watching these external videos. It's almost like a, it, I don't mean it this way, but in a way it's like a cheap high, right? It's like, yeah, Oh, yeah. I'm going to watch this thing. It's like a sugar rush. I'm going to get motivated, like pump me up. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. it's like, it's coming from an external thing. And yeah. what you were finding is that you were going online internally, right? We talked about this, like big mind, like you were tapping into, again, I don't want to speak for you, whatever you call it, God, love, whatever you we're going on line, going inward, connecting to that thing. What I, I always do this thing. It's like alignment with your true self, with your highest self, with, with the beloved, with God, source, love, all of it. And so when you're getting pulled out of it, but what's be beautiful is you had to do it long enough to understand what it felt like when you were in the zone, let's call it, or in that pocket or in that holy place, right? That place where you felt connected to self, source, and spirit. And then when you did it a little differently, but that's what it's all about. It's about having that experiment and that experience to go, oh, yeah. I now have something to compare it to. Yeah. And what's, what's powerful is that, um, I mean, I could talk about this. I could talk about this so much, but that sets you up for the rest of your day. Right. That Dude. sets you up for the rest of your day. And that for me is like, I always say like, that's my Iron Man. Like yeah. me having a daily spiritual practice for as long as I had to keep yeah. showing up every single day, whether you're sick, whether you're tired, whether you feel like it, whatever. Like I don't physically put myself through those kinds of things. Although I am not a born runner. Like even today I was out on a run and I think of you like every time, like I, when, especially when there's a point where I'm like, I don't feel like doing this because there was a very small window of time. And it's been actually different times. Like when at one point I was like, Oh, I want to see what it's like to get better at swimming. And like you were coaching me and yeah. I was getting faster and I was getting better. But one of the things I realized is that now, while I love swimming, like meaning it's super fun, but like 
getting changed and putting the thing on in the cap and smelling like chlorine and the rigmarole of the pool. And like, I was just like, what I realized, and I've never told you this before, what I realized for that is I was more driven by, oh, S2 is going to be proud of me. S2 is going to say, oh, you got fast K2. Like I, I was driven more when it came to the pool by an external validation, like, you know, hearing you get excited for me, then I really was like, oh, I love swimming. Right, right. But yeah. what I did find is that I found it, as Steph was saying earlier, I found it very meditative. Yes. I was just breathing and going back and forth, breathing and going back and forth. So it was interesting. But then I realized, although I can swim and I'm pretty good at it, like, you know, pretty, pretty good at it, I, not competitively and not anything that I, I loved it enough to keep doing it. And then the longest I've ever, the longest distance I've ever run, you know, and I'm married to somebody who was like a track star in high school and has been a runner his whole life. But when I first decided I'm going to start running, like I was doing like two miles and still sucking wind. And then you started coaching me. This is leading somewhere. P.S. listeners, stay with me. And you started coaching me and informally, I would just say like, hey, what should I do? And like once a week, you'd say like, try this, do this, do this. And I'd always come back and be like, S2, I, I went this far. And then one day I ran like three miles. And then shortly after that, it was like four. And you were like such a pain in the ass because you wouldn't just say, oh, go four, go four and a half today. You'd say, go to five. And I'd be like, what do you mean you'd add a mile? <laughs> and then one, like, I was just like, what? And then this is, this is another point of this though. I, when I first started running, was running like 13 minute miles, like slow. We're talking like slow. And then we start, like I started getting a little fast and I was like, oh, 12 minute mile. That was really good. So one day I'm running with my sweetie and this is during my time with you. And he smokes me like it's, he just smokes me when we used to run. But I'd say, hey, I forgot my watch. Can you keep pace <coughs> for me? S2 is having me do whatever today. And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he lied to me. And he, because he said, well, how fast do you want to go? And I said, like this. And I said, but you run so fast, sweetie. I could never run. I could never run like a sub nine or whatever. I'm like, just go. If, if, if I'm too slow and I'm holding you back, go. He's like, no. And he sets his watch and we start running. And I'm just keeping pace with him. And I'm just thinking, man, I'm tired. Like this, I just must be fatigued today. Like I told him what the pace was, right? We get a mile in and I look at him and he just smiles and he's like, that was a sub nine. And I was like, what? Because I didn't <laughs> yeah. know. Because yeah. I didn't know. Right. And because I didn't set the limitation on myself, I yeah. could do more than I thought I could. It was only for a mile and then I slowed down. Yeah. But like that blew my mind and it taught me something. But he is the kicker. Then you challenge me and you say, go eight miles. I was like, fuck you. I was like, no, like I am not doing this. I can't run eight miles. I really believe this. I'm like, I can't run eight miles. I mean, I was just doing three miles a month and a half ago, whatever it was. Not only that, it was cold and it was raining. And I don't like running when it's cold and when it's raining, but I get out there and my sweetie, he was so concerned. He was like, he was doing like drive-bys. He's like, I'm going to drive by and see if she needs a ride home. But I was so determined and we're getting, we're getting somewhere in this comment. I was so determined 
and I must have pulled up in my head. I'm like every like every ass kicker that I could think of. I mean, li literally, like I was pulling up some deep dark stuff, and I was like, I refuse to quit. I I was shuffling it. I was like, I'm I don't care as long as I'm moving. I'm not quitting. Like I am not quitting. My sweetie came out. I'm running back. Now I'm on the way back. And he he drives by me. You could see his eyes. He's like, you're still going. Like he was so excited, but I was determined to do it. I've never run eight miles again in my life since that day because I just <laughs> wanted to see if I could do it. Right. And that's the difference with me. Like once I know I've done it or I could do it, I go, oh, that's good. Check. That. I don't need to keep doing it. Right. right. But you guys go out there and you keep doing it. So here's a question I want to ask you. We've jokingly talked about, so I, I want to hear about, well, first of all, before we go here, give me, just give me, summarize, how many years have you been racing? Uh, I mean, so triathlons or yeah. not yeah. the mountain biking, although that's no. cool. Okay. So triathlons, I would say, let's call it 20, 20 years. All right. more. How many half, how many, I know you've, you've, how many times have you done the Boston marathon? I've done Boston each year since 15. So I guess it's uh seven, maybe because we didn't have the one. So 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22. So seven years. Cause All it right, wasn't. Steph, Steph, you just did Boston, right? Was it your first or your second? It was your first. First. Yeah. Oh. Yep. But at the local rock and race, true or not true. Did you not just come in first place women overall out of everybody or was it your age group? It was, it was overall. See, yeah. I, I know I was like, I wanted you to just say it. I, I kind of do, <laughs> but I was like, I was like, okay, so that's a huge milestone. That's a first, mm -hmm. like, so I have so many things I could say about that. So kick ass, amazing job. I was so proud of you. I got so excited when I saw that because you're just getting stronger and stronger and better and better. And, and it's, it's incredible. All right. As to how many half, triathlons have you done so we're talking 70 yeah 70.3 how many halves um i've done probably probably 70 60 right, you got 70. listen is seven zero seventy how many full iron man races have you done 34 okay how many times have you gone to the world championships in kona uh five Okay. You guys, this is what I'm talking about. This is the level of athlete and human being that I'm talking about. And Steph, how many halves have you done now? Roughly. Roughly five, I would say. And how many full? One official, one not official. All right. So, so I've done two because I actually include ours uh, that I actually, we, we went up and we did the, um, uh, the COVID year, we did yeah. the Ironman yeah. Lake Placid course. Yeah. We did the race. Um, I remember together. I saw the pictures. Yep. Yep. So okay. we actually, we count that. Yeah. So you're at the beginning. I mean, you got 30 years of catching up basically to do, but here's what, here's why I'm asking that. Like I said, I ran eight miles and I was like, good, done. Glad I did it. Awesome. And I still run. I mean, I run four or five days a week in this, in the, in the warm months. I don't like to run when it's cold but here's the thing. I do it. I move my body. Right. But here's the thing. You continually choose to do it. I know there are some races that are hotter than others. So <laughs> I know one of the things that you do S2, and you were talking about this, when you decided to step back 
from Facebook. You do these daily inspirational posts. I know that you feel called to do them. Um, I know that you said you took a break and everybody's like, S2, where'd they go? Because it's a little shot. It's a little shot of a drum, a little shot of feel good for them, right? That's a little love. That's a little sip, sip of love first thing in the morning for people because you do them really early in the morning, right? So people really miss that. And so you've created this stuff where you're inspiring others, motivating others, helping others. Here's what I'm, I'm going to connect all the dots here. When you're out on the course, because we used to joke around about like, because I've been up to the Placid too to cheer you on in races and stuff like that as well. And um, on the training weekends, I would hear you guys always saying things like, oh, I saw Jesus at the turnaround, right? Because it's getting wicked hot out there. So when it gets hot out there, two things, and I want to hear from both of you. So number one, who inspires you? Since you inspire so many people in so many different ways, uh, I just saw the podcast you were on with, um, I didn't watch the whole thing, but Bob, what's Bob's last name? Bob Turner. So Bob yeah. Turner, and you two have been competing for years. So I know you inspired him. I know how many athletes in the local area got into triathlon because of you. I know how many people you inspire on multiple levels. I want to know who inspires you. And number two, part, part two of the question, when you're out on the course and like you're quote unquote seeing Jesus, like when it's getting hard, I know part of this answer because I've asked you this before, but I haven't asked you this question in a wicked long time. Where do you go to? Because I know when you mentioned about your childhood, I know some people get motivated by love. I'm doing this for my mom who's dead. I'm doing this for like each mile gets dedicated to somebody, but some people also get motivated by fuck that kid in fifth grade who called me fat and told or that teacher who told me I couldn't do anything. So yeah. tell me a little bit about the psychology of it. Who inspires you? Number one. And then yeah. what do you dig up and how do you for like for the listeners when, when just even they're not out there doing Ironman, you know, probably most of my audience, but when life is tough, yeah. how do you dig in and find your grit or resiliency or whatever? What do you lean on? Well, I mean, I would say, uh, I would have to say that, uh, you know, people that, um, Pam just walked in, so she's going to have to come no, over. Hi, Pam. Yeah. <laughs> but I would say that, uh, you know, from a, um, here we go. Hi, sweetheart. Good to see you, Karen. Good to see you too. Hi, Kona. Oh, Kona is bringing us a flip-flop. Fantastic. So, um, I would have to say that, um, who inspires you? That's the first part. Inspires me. I, my family. You know, my family, you know, um, yeah. You know, I mean. Like, who uh, do you look up to? Who inspires you? Who do you look at or um, draw sustenance from? Well, I mean, I, I mean, uh, Pam and Steph, I mean, yes. in terms of, um, you know, right here, you sure. know, um, from a, you know, I've, I've spoken of this often that I, I pray a lot on the course, you know, so, um, you know, I do a lot of praying to the point of, you know, depending on the duration of the event, you know, <laughs> I prayer in my head for, for days on end after, because I've said it so, so often during the race. Um, so there's the, you know, there's the, the faith part of that. Yeah. Um, there is the, uh, there really isn't like an exact answer to all that, but it, there really is a core of, of yeah. so it's family, it's God. Um, 
And ultimately it goes back to, you know, what I, what we were talking about earlier, um, childhood, um, adversity. Yes. Um, and how it's built me into what it continues to build me into. And, uh, you know, I, um, you know, I, I feel like as I've gotten older, I've realized like more important than what I'm doing for myself, it's what I'm doing for myself, but also to inspire others that it can be done. Um, they can do it as well. And um, so going that, so going back to the childhood thing, I mean, I did not, and I still, you know, I, uh, this still drives me. So this is this, you know, I go into these places, you know, these deep, dark places when I'm out on the course, you know, in trouble. And usually they get me through, I will say that my best races are times that I'm just, none of that really is in, in my head. You know, yeah. I'm just one with whatever it is, you know, but when it's really, when things are really tough, um, you know, I think back to, you know, and I don't intentionally go back to thinking about it, but I, but for whatever reason, I go back to that kid that, you know, threw the ball, you know, 500 times, you know, a night off of the, off of the barn, um, you know, having, I was very fortunate growing up um, with a family that I had. I mean, it was not, we did not have easy times. Yeah. Um, and my mom was our rock, um, you know, and I had uncles and grandfather who were my, um, and eventually my, my dad, uh, you know, revisited, you know, a little bit later, you know, as a child, um, but that were a big core of, you know, my development. But um, I think that a lot of the adversity that I went through as a child and how I reacted and what, how I, I, you know, I, I, I say this often to people, especially now as I've gotten older, you know, my life could have gone this way or could have gone that way, mm -hmm. you know, and uh, I see too many people going that way. You know, I, I see it too much now and I don't know where it takes me down the line, but eventually I, you know, in, in a subtle way that I'm doing it now, I want to be, I want people to understand you can go this way, but you got to start At right here. At any point, any point, you can change. At any point, any point, mm -hmm. at any point, it's up to yeah. you. It's up to me, and it's up yeah. to me. So, and that's, and that goes, you know. So I go back to when I was a child, and whatever reason is, it's just that it's that thing. And once you start understanding that, it, it comes from here. I can go this from way. Within you. Look, this you're way. pointing to your chest again. So you're pointing, it comes from within yes. you is what you're and saying. It, it comes from within, you know? So instead of going this way, you know, away from my, my, my dreams and my obstacles and avoidances and, and all that, I can choose to look them square in the eyes yes. and deal with them and, and, and face them and, and move, move through them, you know? And, um, that's where you know so my my inspirations are very it can be multiple things and that's that's one of the gifts of an iron man is you can have many different inspirations over the course of the, so a, what, right so a, a 15 hour day you know but <laughs> i can you know so 
you know, and I've had, you know, I mean, the past month I've had a couple of pretty, um, you know, adverse races, if you would, yeah. and uh, that have that I that I've been faced with um, with issues that um, you know were, were out of my control, um, and quite frankly, I could have very easily given into them and and said, you know called it a day in both the Boston Marathon as well as an Ironman I just recently did and in both of those races it took every ounce every single ounce that I had in both both days to make it uh, make it across the finish line and to be honest you know when I think back to you know it, 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 it'd be easier to, to, at my age and all of the, I guess, the accomplishments, if you would, to say, you know what, screw it. I don't need to be doing this to myself. Yeah. I knew in both situations that, no, you're going to freaking suck Finish. it up, get it fucking done. You know, you're going to get yeah. it done. And I'll tell you, Boston was a little bit easier because you had, you know, the crowds. I've said this, I've said this about Boston. And this is why it's such a special event to me is that each year I've done it. It, it literally feels like 10 minutes of uh it takes 10 minutes to do the race you know and as, as even 2018 when we had the nor'easter and it felt like 10 10 minutes because of the crowd and this year it took me almost six hours to do and i can look back on it and still say it still felt like 10 minutes you know but utah was um a shit show <laughs> a shit show, not because of uh you know a hamstring or anything like that it was the heat a lot there was a lot of a lot of factors but you know, I had two miles left and uh, I sat and I know this is late in the night and I'm generally not out there late, late at night. And uh, I sat at an aid station with two miles left on a curb with my hands, uh, you know, my chin in my hands, wondering how the fuck I'm going to get to that finish line mm -hmm. and saying, nope, you're all done. And uh, the, the, you know, the, the person on my right shoulder says, nope, you're, you're all done. And the person on my left shoulder said, you didn't fucking come here to, to quit. You know, and I, and I really, I thought I was going to be pulling a Julie Moss, you know, just to get there. And it's all downhill. That's all I had to do is keep walking. And uh, it was all I could do to get back up, walk one more mile to the next age aid station and figure out how I'm going to get to that finish line. Mm. And, uh, you know, and it really was not for lack of, it wasn't for a medal or for winning the race. It was, it was going back to my childhood, you know, back to, back to what I came up, you know, back what I said to myself back when I was six years old, you're fucking doing this shit, you know, and that's what life, that's what life is, man, you know, and we are, I really, I believe that as I've gotten older now, and I'm starting to understand myself more, and I yeah. see what's going on in the world, and, and everything, you know, the decisions, and etc. I really, I, you know, there's, and I don't know where it takes me, but there is this calling to say, Hey, you know what, you can do it. You've got to decide. This isn't something that, uh, you know, that is just going to be handed to you. You've got to figure it out. You got to do it. But once you do it, you know, both, both of those races, you know, they, you know, time-wise they sucked, but both of those races, I can honestly say that, you know, I, they were, you know, they built me, you know, and they built me, you know, and I, you know, you can ask Pam, you know, like it built character and Pam will tell you that this, you know, you, you built enough character. You don't have any more character to build. <laughs> well, that's, see, that's no more, character, Sean. no more character, but you know what it's, it is, it's, it's, you got to build it. You got to build it every day because, because yesterday's gone today's today, you know, and, um, 
You know, I really, uh, I, I believe that we all have that in us, but uh, there's going to be, you know, there are those days that, you know, just going to work that you're sitting on the side of the curb, you know, with your, with your hands, you know, uh, your chin in your hand saying, how the fuck am I going to get, get through this? You know, that's what it is. You know, that's, um, and I, I know that's why I do this stuff. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's amazing. And, um, Steph, before I come back and ask your dad another question, I mean, same thing for you. So you obviously haven't done yet, you know, all these races, but, you know, have you found, like, what do you lean on when you're out on the course and maybe you're getting tired or you're feeling like, what the fuck, like, why did I do this or whatever starts to go through your head? Who inspires you and what do you lean on? Mm -hmm. um, I don't want to sound repetitive in my first answer, but my first answer would be my family. So mm -hmm. mom and dad and Michaela yeah. uh, are the ones that, um, that first stick in my head, but then, and then I think about my, who I want to be mm -hmm. and where it's need, what, what the, the sacrifices I need to make to get there. And, um, and I, I go into a, a deep, a deep thought of like, um, what was I thinking? I was thinking of something. There was one thing that I was like, oh, um, oh, the quote. So one of the quotes from Matthew McConaughey, and I don't want to say, I don't know if it, I can't do direct quotes because I don't know exactly, but you can paraphrase, get in the ballpark paraphrase it was basically like I I'm always looking to be I'm always t trying to um to work to be the person my the my the person I am tomorrow it's not you know, like that all, I but know it, what you mean he like says he because they asked him once who inspires you and he said me five years from now yes talks that, about right that, like being yeah. being that that next version of himself yeah yeah so it's basically um when i'm in the freaking pain cave going i feel like <laughs> um like you know it's those two roads that which one are you going to take and it's i think the i don't you know suffering isn't always the best answer especially if it leads to injury and stuff like sure. that but but um i think to be able to get to goals certain goals you need to you need to dig deep and, and yeah, yeah. I, I, I totally agree. I mean, I think about, and like I said, you know, Sean, you know, Oak Hill road, like, you know, kind yeah. of where I live. So yeah. that, that is like legit. I mean, people pack me in my house just to ride their bikes and run that hill. Cause it's a training hill, especially for like Timberman and all you know, the different races or whatever. So there are times when I'm running that hill and I use the word running, like, let's call it jogging, but I'm running, I'm in motion, but it's slow, but I, I'll just put my head down and I just latch on to. sometimes it's a mantra. Sometimes it's a prayer. Sometimes I'm literally, I'm like, Jesus, I, I sometimes used to joke, like when I would go to the gym and I'd be uh, like squatting or doing heavy stuff, I would always jokingly call it like lifting weights with Jesus. And I would start laughing, but like, I talk to God and I talk to my spiritual team, just like I would my best friend. I swear I'm not pie. Like, I'll be like, oh my fuck. I'm like, I need fucking help right now. Like, you know, I just, I just, I just ask for help and I'll pull up Goggins 
Like, it's like, I'll just pull up Goggins in my head and I will be like, I'll just like play a loop in my head or I'll pull up, you know, I'll think of your dad. I'll think of S2 and I'll be like, what would S2 tell me right now? And then I think about how many times I've been on the sidelines watching you like come down a stretch and just seeing the look on your face, sometimes jubilant, sometimes suffering. And I just think S2 wouldn't give up right now. And the one thing I often say about myself is I might have to walk. I might have to take a break, but I don't quit. Like I'm pretty stubborn. Like I'll keep going short yeah. of like, you know, like I'm bleeding and dying, whatever. I'm like, I'm finishing. Like I like to really be self-integral and keep my word to myself because something I learned about myself over the years too, is that I was wicked good at keeping my word to everybody else. I wouldn't let other people down. But being able to become a person who won't let herself down, who keeps a word to herself, that has been like a really huge thing for me. So, I mean, I get a little emotional thinking about it, S2, but there have been so many times when I'm trying to, because mentally, emotionally, spiritually pushing myself just in day-to-day -day life, like that's my Ironman. That's where I thrive. That's where I'm good. But like physically, that's yeah. like a different thing. Like, being physically uncomfortable, yeah. like that's something that I've had to learn how to get stronger at. You know what I mean? And <clears throat> so I call upon you. I, I put you in the little tape in my head and I think about you. And, you know, every once in a while, I just think like, I'm so blessed and so happy that I have people in my life who inspire me and who like have a level of commitment that they're a really good example. I mean, we're pretty lucky. Don't you think? Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. same with, you know, yeah, 100%. no, it's, yeah, you know, we, yeah, no, we, we are, you know, and I think that um, once you, once you realize that, and once you're able to tap into that, you know, that you realize the possibilities, you know, and, um, you know, I mean, you know, we've known each other for, for so long and, you know, I, you know, we, we tapped into each other and mm -hmm. I, I know I, you know, say, I've said it a million times and, you know, you, you've inspired me, you know, to, you know, through some challenging times, through, you know, great times, through everything you've inspired me and, you know, you know, you don't just inspire me, you inspire the world, you know, and that's what it, that's, that's to me is what it's really what it's all about, you know, mm -hmm. and, um, you know, ultimately, when I look at, uh, you know, I guess, you know, the big picture of why I do what I do is, is not necessarily the sport itself or the, or, you know, going for the win. And, you know, that, that is the goal. But I think as I've gotten older, the, 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 the biggest, the biggest thing out of it is that, uh, you know, it, it's not you know, getting up in the morning, doing what I do or, or racing or, at the age that I'm at and, you know, still believing that I can do what I can do, uh, isn't because of the sport and, and, you know, necessarily the love of the sport, but it's, um, the metaphor for, for what every day is, you know, and the life's challenges and taking that on. So, um, it's really not, you know, I, I enjoy the sport and I enjoy what I do every day, but to me, it's more of the example that I set, uh, and then the continued effort of, of doing what I do that uh, really motivates me to continue to do what I do. You know, I, it sounds kind of, there's a lot, it sounds kind of deep, but it really isn't. It's, 
it's it's getting up every day and going to the Y, you know, and running into people and it's catchy. People, people like yourself that say, you're in my head, you know, you're in my head, you know, like if I can make, if I can do that to one person a day, then I've done my job, you know, and if, if one person can say that to me, then that's, that's what I want. And I, you know, whether it's working at, at, you know, working through the pandemic at work, you know, with the masks and all the, the high pressures that we were going through, but still holding the poise and doing what you're, you know, what you need to do. Um, you know, all that, all that it, all that it took to get through all of that. And the examples that you're setting by just doing that, you know, I, I feel like we need the mentors, the, the, uh, the people out there to be able to follow. And I have those people like you, like you, um, like other people that I know that like, man, I know that, that Karen does this, or I know that, you know, Bob is doing this or, you know, that type of stuff, you know, and now I got her. You uh -huh. know, who's, you yep. Know, she's setting her alarm clock earlier than I am now. Like, <laughs> she's doing more than I'm doing. It's like, geez, I'm, I'm telling my, 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 my co, my friend, Sean at work. I'm like, Jesus, I, I'm like, Forget about my routine. She's got it now. <laughs> well, let's let's finish on. Let's so thank you for your kind words and likewise. I mean, you've been inspiring me since the, the first day that I ever met you. And uh, honestly, I could talk to you for like another hour. I have so many questions, but I think let's let's kind of uh, wrap it up on uh, this duo episode. You're my first duo guest, so this is kind of fun too. <laughs> but so as um how competitive so it's kind of like a twofold question like how competitive are you with each other meaning like i know as a dad there's no way you're not proud of her and you're like we've we've been joking about this for years like before it was like oh she's gonna catch up to me one day and then you're like oh she's getting closer and like right so as you're getting older i mean she's getting older too but she's also coming into her prime and knowing herself and she's getting stronger and like all this stuff so there's going to come a point where she might get faster than you and truly pass you. Is there any part of you? And this is just like, I just want people to be so transparent and honest. Of course you're proud of her. Is there any part of you that thinks, man, she like, oh, she finally beat me. And for Steph, is there any part of you that you think would ever hold back because you don't want to best your dad or beat your dad. I know you're running your own races, but do you see what I'm saying? Like, I want to just talk about this because I've known people, not, not in the you know, triathlon, but in the game of life where yeah. they didn't want to make more money than their parents. They didn't yeah. want to be, um, come across as better than because then the people they grew up with would be like, what, you think you're too fucking good for us? Like, whatever. So we have ways of limiting ourselves or whatever. So this dynamic of father and daughter, I mean, it's a really special bond that you have, that you get to do these things. And anybody who's listening to this is going to be like, oh my God, two peas in a pod. There's so much alike. Even just looking at the two of you, your body language, the way you talk, your inflection, the tone of your voice, you guys are so similar. So as this, for lack of a better term, kind of this passing of the torch in a way, yeah. How do we emotionally and energetically and all how do we feel about this? So you, uh, you, I'll go first. You want to go first? No, you go. Yeah. I'm going to, I don't know why I'm just like, I'm emotional. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's uh, so, um, so competitive. Yes. 
because I want to be competitive because I want, I want to bring the best out of her. You want to make her earn it. You want to make her work. I want to, yeah. I want to make her, I do, mm-hmm. you know, like, so it, it, it forces me to work harder because <laughs> I know that she's getting stronger. So, you know, I, it, the rocket race, you know, I, I've already told her, like, if I was able to run it that, that night, do I believe I would have beat her? Um, yeah, I think I could, but I physically, I'm not sure I could run that now. I really, you know, to be yeah. honest with you, I, you know, I, I, in you I mean said that yes. pace, you mean that pace that she yes. did? Yeah. What she ran. Yeah. What was your pace Steph? Um, it was like five, 550. Yeah. Maybe five, 549, something like that. And so I, um, you know, I, I don't want to say that I've come to terms with, you know, that I'm slowing down, but I, cause I feel like I still have, you know, my best races in me. I mean, yeah. if I did believe that, then, um, then I wouldn't put the effort that I have into it, you know? So I really do believe that with, you know, with smarts and patience, blah, blah, blah. So to answer your question, I, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I want to continue to be stronger than her because I want her to get stronger. Yeah. Um, when that day does happen and, you know, it really has already happened, but it hasn't actually physically happened, you know, yeah. where we've both been healthy, but it, it happened at the rock and race, you know, and um, uh, will it happen in a distance one? We'll have to see how that goes because that's a different, you know, that different ball field yeah that takes evolution you know that takes a maturity and and being able to go into those places for an extended period of time sure um but when it does happen um uh, i mean i'm going to be thrilled you know i'm and I, i will if it does happen then believe me i will come back and it and say i'm working harder you know it's not done we're not done um, I am not, it's not like, oh my God, this is, you know, we're not letting this happen, um, in a unhealthy way. No, I it's mean, a healthy, it's a, it's a healthy, very, playful, very, but- yes, but, but I wanted to work for it, you know, and like, and I, and I'll step back a little bit where, you know, many years ago we were playing, you know, we, she's in her, in her hockey years, high school, she was playing high school and, um, we had a father, there was a father daughter thing and dads were out playing and the, the dads were playing the girls. And I went into the corner with her and, uh, I realized she could kill me, you know, in the corner, you know, we went to the puck and, uh, we, you know, we, we bumped and, and she was powerful, very powerful. And I'm like, wow, it's my daughter, you know, and it's the same thing now as we know that, you know, I've seen it evolve and I've seen it evolve quick now and i'm you know uh i'm going down swinging but <laughs> it's you know it's definitely going to happen you know and, and pro- you when, when it does i will be absolutely uh i'll be thrilled yeah. and i you know if she continues to do what she does what she's doing now and depending on the direction you know we talk about this often i'm like you know you, you don't feel like you have to do this you know yeah loves doing it now and that's that's great if it eventually doesn't work out that she doesn't then you know whatever she does she'll put passion into but um when uh when when it happens she's gone you know it'll be you know and and i'm gonna i'll be back there i'll still be following you know as close as i can but Mm -hmm. when 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 she decides 
you know, I know that, uh, yeah, she's, you know, so I'm the one that's going to be the, you know, I'll be, she'll be at the, at the, at the finish line waiting for me, you know, but it's going to be a while. (laughs) (laughs) Dad's not going down without a fight. Steph, what do you say? Uh, so the first thing is when, when, when I saw him the first time I ever passed him was Boston. So, um, I think in my head, I had that moment where I'm like, oh shit, he's right there. Oh, is he okay? Like first is everything okay? And then as we were running, we were talking, but in my head, I'm like, wow. So I'm feeling strong (laughs) and he's not doing so hot. Like this would be cool. We could do a race together. Oh, that would be cool. But and he and and I had already thought it before he said it, but he said, you need to go. And I oh, I was like, <laughs> and yeah, I'm holding the back right now, but it just you need to go. You need to go. And so I was like, you know, I know. <laughs> but and we, we, you know, we train together and we have our moments where we push each other. Um, and he's done so much for me that um, I'm, I'm ex- I, f- I feel like it's okay for me to, to push myself faster than him. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's definitely a part of me that's like, you know, it's, it hurts a little bit where, but I know he's trying to, he's, he's not gonna give up i'm not giving up but and, I, he wouldn't, know, I and he wouldn't want you to take it easy on him i don't no. want no, no no i don't want you to and i want yeah. to see i mean i if that's if 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 um you know depending on what she wants where she wants to go with it then um I, she needs to you know and, and go and go for it you know and i i and like i said as far as i'm concerned it, that that's already been you know, it's been, it's been kind of, it's been done in Boston, obviously, but uh, rock and race, even not being a part of it again, I've, I realized that that's it. You know, that the torch, the torch has been, been passed if she decides to. And now it's, now it's like, how strong can I get her, you know? And, uh, and how strong can I keep myself in, in chasing her, Keeping you know? Up with her keeping up with her, you know, and, um, and again, that's, you know, we both say that in a humble way, and she'll tell you that, okay, rock and race, rock and race race was a great experience, but just like uh, Grover says, that's, you know, one, that was back then, now you got to keep working, you know, we both know that, you know, and I got to keep working to stay up, stay up with her, so that's the joy of it, you know, and we'll, we'll tell you, I mean, we'll go out on these long training rides or runs and stuff. And they're the greatest, they're, the, they're our greatest gift. I mean, cause we have these, we could, you know, we could do these podcasts of just us talking, you know, and the, the conversations that we have from a, from a father, daughter, you know, we've had, you know, thousands and thousands of hours of just talking yeah. about life, you know, our, our, our life's conversations are, you know, in that, you know, we talked so. about, I joked about how we could make our own podcast where we're just running and talking <laughs> about mm-hmm. our life, our mm-hmm. life stories. Good. <laughs> you know? what, what, what do you think I do every week? Right. I just, just stick right. a mic in front of my face and I, and I go, I tell stories and I weave in spiritual principles and 
You know, mm -hmm. it's like, yeah, you get a mic, you get a computer, you could do it. But the thing is, is that it, it's so beautiful that you guys have this time together, that you're creating so many memories together, and that so much of your, um, even your competition is uh, based on a foundation of love. And that's a really powerful thing. And it's a beautiful thing. And just thank you for sharing it with uh, our audience and um, and with me and for being a part of my life for so long. You were some of the, well, ST, you were one of the first people I knew when I, in, in, when I moved to New Hampshire. Um, and uh, you've kind of, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, I always know that like you're kind of there. Do you know what I mean? It's like, oh yeah, yeah, S2, K2. Like we have the we have the S2, K2 connection. And so just thank you for being my friend over the years. Thank you for believing in me and um, for inspiring me and for just being one of those people in my life that, that um, helps me, helps me to through your example, in a lot of ways, helps me to be a better, better person. So I appreciate that. And you know, you. I, and right back at you, K2. It was, you know, it's the same, same here. I mean, I can honestly say that I wouldn't be where I am today if it wasn't for you in in my life. So, you know, mm -hmm. it's, uh, you know, yeah, it's, uh, you know, and that goes to you know what I said before. You've done that, you know, you know for me, for my family, but also you know, so many, so many others in the world. So, um, Thank yeah. You, sweetheart. All right. Well, before I start balling, <laughs> <laughs> this has been such a pleasure. I love you two so much. I always have a, a way that I close out my show, um, where I just basically say to people, wherever you go, may you leave yourself, the people, the place, the animals and the environment better than how you found it. Wherever you go, may you be a blessing. so much for tuning in to this episode of the Karen Kenny show. <laughs> I super duper appreciate your time, friendship and support. And look, if something that I shared from my heart today somehow landed in yours, I'd love to hear about it. So please tag me on Facebook or Instagram or IG stories or wherever the cool kids are hanging out these days and let me know what your favorite pot was or what you found most helpful. You can find me over at Karen Kenny Live. That's Karen, K-E-N-N-E-Y-L-I-V-E. -E. And if you're digging what I'm saying and you want to hear more, I'd be wicked grateful if you could go to iTunes and subscribe and leave a review because you guys, that's how you'll help me to keep spreading the love. And if you can think of someone that could benefit from hearing this episode, please share it with them. I'd also love to stay connected with you. So if the feeling is mutual, please go to karenkenny.com backslash freebie and download my free guide to building your spiritual team. Until next time, my brothers and sisters, keep living in the fearless flow. Know that I see you, I appreciate you, and I love you. And wherever you go, may you be a blessing. <laughs>